Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Good evening, everyone. How's it going? Hello. Hello How everyone. are we? Ten super scouts now. I'm all right. Happy Hello. New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah. It's the first time we recorded in uh, in 2023 together. Hey, bitch fan, talking about that. What's the cutoff for Happy New Year? <laughs> I'd say, in wrestling terms, pretty much after today, the 4th of January, feels like yeah. at that point. Or maybe if you get into the second week of it. It's like match of the year discussion, isn't it? It's like it's like okay, now there's a whole new year starting here. It's like, it's like in work, I won't see people for like three weeks. Now I'll go and I'll be I'll get Happy New Year's on like the third week of January. It's nailed on, nailed mm. on happening. It is, isn't it? It's it, it it feels like it's the first thing you've got to say to people you haven't seen. Like mm. it's as long as it's not like kind of mid January, it would just be like I think at that point it'd be weird to start going Happy New Year. It'd be like. The novelty of another new year is worn well off. Yeah, sometime between the tenth and twelfth was his uh, was his show, so I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, tenth to twelfth, that works on that. You've had a lively day. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> Fuck one off. Can you hear the telly, by the way? You know, every now and then, JP, I regret tweeting. Every now oh. and then. <laughs> the, the Yanks have been coming for me all day, mate. I don't want oh, the. Uh, it's uh, as Don said, yeah, I'm doing okay after the vicious Babel attack tonight. I was getting all counts, like proper personal stuff. Bad, it was vicious. Like, I, I don't understand these people at all. Gareth said it didn't, he? and he's totally right. He's like, Remember when you were a kid and like your favorite footballer had a bad game? I'm pretty <laughs> sure you'd be like, Yeah, he was shit today. You wouldn't be like, yeah. Well, he can't because maybe my younger brother's like this at Christmas, like, he's not. He's not dead young anymore. He's like 18 now. But he's still kind of like that where, like, you know, if you say, like, your lads are probably the same. If you say, like, his favourite footballers had a bad game, you'll just defend them like he's defending, like, fucking Jesus Christ. He can't possibly have had a bad game. Or, like, I actually said I was having a go at Kanye West and he was trying to defend them because he's his favourite rapper. And I was like, you've just some things you've just got to let go. Some things you've just got to be like, you know what? Like, I I love him. I'll compartmentalise that. (laughs) But, but he said some shitty things, or he was shit on that particular day. Fucking, yeah. honestly. It's like... <laughs> it's, it, it was ridiculous. I, I, I like Sasha I, Banks. I think she's good. I'm the high, I'm, on this podcast, I'm oh, probably the highest on Sasha Banks. Yeah, <laughs> like, you really are. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I, it's, you can't say that that was good. 
Like, mm. I mean, just to go into that, we'll go into the shoes in particular about which made the whole a mockery of the entire situation. But <laughs> it, it is very weird. I had this case in point when watching the Arsenal game last night mm. and I was messaging my son. Mm. Obviously, he was watching it and mm. he went straight into referee conspiracy theory rather than we didn't really play that great and Newcastle yeah. defended well, which is the grown-up response to it, which is... Mm. It was. Was I disappointed at the end? Yeah, I'd like us to win, but then you're not going to win it's every like, single week. So with Everton, it's like the whole like it's like oh the, the leagues against us. Oh, they're all copites there. Yeah. Oh, everyone in the everyone in the me everyone in the media is a copite. Uh, like and then like Liverpool fans probably think everyone in the media is a Man United like ex player. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. all, all those all those referees. Yeah, they're all they've all got it in for us. Platini, all of them, and it's like I mean. There to be a lot of work done to make sure that comp- conspiracy stuck. And I don't think keeping Everton out of Europe is like this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> it is. Do you know what it like? It is. I bet I bet when, when you got to the Champions League under Moyes and you mm. drew, was it Villarreal? Mm, that and, one, that was and that was like the hardest of the games you could have got in like the playoff round mm. as well. It was awful luck. Yeah. Blood, bloody hellfire. Like yeah. I, I don't I don't think like in UEFA they're sat there like cackling like Bond villains with Liverpool scarves <laughs> around their necks as well. That one was incredible. That was um, my favorite. You you bitter beanie in bastard. That's why your head is shaped like a loaf of bread. That made me laugh when someone quoted to me with that. It's funny. <laughs> This beady and bastard's good, but head shaped, shaped like a loaf of bread. I don't know what that means, but it's. I've got to say, it's good. It made me laugh. It like, is. I, laugh loud at that I mean, I'd like to think the pre-show is going to be titled "Bitter Bean Eating Bastard" um, <laughs> or "Bredo." Uh, as, uh, Bredo was <laughs> head shaped by like a loaf of bread. Probably uh, my choice for the fucking title. I mean, oh, when you look at what you'd said, which was all right, you've got some of your, ex- you've you've all got your excitement out. Can we? Can we just admit it was it was absolutely horrendous? Hashtag. No, apparently I'm an ugly British bitch. <laughs> like I mean, you can't. It's the it's the standard. It's just like what's it horrendous is. in your face? I got a lot of that as a, mm. a, as you said in the chat there. A lot of uh, you know the fucking <laughs> the Brits. Here come the Brits again. A lot of people go to my profile, find them where I was from, and going typical. I was like, ah, is that yeah. us? Is that what we are? What kind of bread would it be, JP? I don't know. Nice baguette. I got a nice baguette this morning from Greg's when I got me. Uh, me oh, that's good. Food. Yeah, I'll take that. Good. Got a good baguette. baguette. You can't go bomb in Greg's anymore. I think that's a like a tiger stuff. bloomer or something along those lines. I like a good tiger bloomer. Yeah. 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 Fucking. Yeah. There was like the, there was one about Man United that was very, oh, very, that very. One blew my fucking mind. Like the guy was like, I can't believe you're from the same place Man United are from. And it was like, you know, like, I mean, the sanctity of like of the UK depends on I'm ruining it, not Man United. Not their fucking gobshite owners. None of that. It's fucking honest to God. Like maybe that one's been uh, deleted or uh, some of them the unfortunately as soon as the uh, the quote tweeted me. But yeah, I can't. It, that was the quote. It was something like, "I can't believe you're from the same country, Man United, are from." As if like I was lowering the tone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! The How was your New Year? I didn't ask you that. How'd you get on? I've, I did absolutely bugger all because uh, my girlfriend has, has a very bad back and is mm. 21 weeks pregnant. But she is carrying a so, child, so that uh, happened like that. Uh, she fair is, enough, like. yeah. Didn't have like anything to drink. Basically, what did we do? We watched Wolf of Wall Street because she'd mm. never seen it. And she ultimately really wasn't that impressed by it either. No? 
And then, no, oh. no, not at all. No. We were she talking about that like... on the uh, on the Ask Grapple. I think we were talking about like mm. shit cinemas. I'm sure it was then. And I was saying like, I, oh no, it was, it was the Jingle All the Way Film Club when it came up because like I remember going to see that and like the the shitty little Plaza cinema near me. I loved it. Not a not a fan. Shocked. That cheap. I mean, I kind of it's it's an excessive. You're not meant to like him. Mm. Like that's the thing with this. It's like there's, there's no surprise by like, and it's DiCaprio. Mm. Like I, you know, for all the various things about him, he. He's a fucking movie star, and he mm. does like he makes films with big directors now. So mm. he does feel like he's kind of interesting. It's like, you know, and in this one, it's it's more comedy than any for the most part. That's a good New Year's. I couldn't I couldn't have lived like that. I'd have been <laughs> dead in a week. That's me. <laughs> my my best New Year's I had when I was watching a film was I think I was sick one year, like I was this year. Um, but in the end, I was fine by uh, by New Year's Eve. But I remember just sitting in bed watching planes, trains, and automobiles as the clock as the clock struck midnight, and just being like, you know what. I'm fine with this. Not that I partied this year. I was over at uh, at Steph's for New Year's. We were playing. We just had a we had a night in with their family, like playing board games and drinking and stuff like that in the house. We were playing this this board game, right? It's called. Um, That's good, mate. It was called Avalon, and uh, in the game, like the idea is, it's like five years. And you've got to work out like two people in the. It's a bit like you know that traitors on beat on uh, the top. Oh yeah. See at the minute, it's like that, and you got to figure out who were the traitors. And I'm not. I, I mean, I've got to be honest. JP is the only English man at the table. I felt like I got pointed out as the traitor a fucking whole lot. I feel like there was a there was a subtext to like <laughs> to the game there. Like, like I, I'm trying not to take it too personally, but I don't know. Maybe it was something yeah. about being an island. <laughs> It could be, but I mean, if they'd given it, it's a, it, maybe it's title of English bastard. Then, yeah. like, it really wouldn't have would wouldn't have wouldn't have felt quite right, would it? Uh, on that, I I've watched Traitors, mate. I was fully hooked on Traitors. I felt like I was having a heart attack watching Traitors. What's the catchphrase in it? Was. I'm a hundred percent pure, or something like that, isn't it? Isn't that what they say? These were all no. saying this during this game. I haven't seen it. So the thinking of strategies, thinking mm. your only scenario is you, people at the end have to be thick. Mm. And in fairness, the bloke had played that strategy, and I thought that's the best one that they could do. But well, these kept these kept saying to they, me like, I was saying, "People I was... go from I've never met you to I love you with everything in my my heart and soul, but I'm also betraying you." Like yeah. within like a day, it was it was fucking mental. This game was like that. Like I was getting grief. Like they were going, "Ah, oh, you're rubbish at this game." Then everyone always suspects you. I was like, "No, that's good." Like you keep suspecting me when I'm the good guy, and then when I'm the bad guy, you don't seem to get it. Like I don't. I can feel like that means I've got a skill for this stuff. Maybe I could go from the show. <laughs> Cogax says, "Scouts bastard with bad." There was actually a point we were playing like a game of like charades or something like that. And like <laughs> Steph's mum was like, "My," I think the the answer was like the English patient. So she was pointing at me, and Steph's brother just went. She he was like English man. Twat! <laughs> I was like, hang on! Like, Whoa. <laughs> that really feels pretty stupid. <laughs> I, I think I'll, I'll take it. It's one of them. When, when, when in Isle of Mace, anytime I'm there, to be honest, I'm always uh, I'm, I'm always cautious. I try not to speak to taxi drivers too much. Try not to let them uh, let them know where, where I'm from or what I do for a living. No. It's probably a, a good idea. <laughs> I've been in that scenario, mate, and honestly, there's a, there's a lot you can end up doing. Mm. Like you really can do. Like play, I, I, play it safe on that one. But it sounds like a fun game. Oh yeah, and I, and if you have you watched the traitors yet? Have you seen all of them? No, I haven't seen it. No, oh, you're properly like addicted to it. I like watched it in more or less a day mm. over Christmas. It was insane. Like we were just we were like kind of laid up, laid out, not feeling very very well at all. Put that on, I was like Christ, and then I thought I was having a seizure. 
by the end, like because it was so mad with the tension. <laughs> we did watch that. Um, oh, you know the uh, the, the fake in Bruges with the same director and the uh, basically the entire same cast. What's it called? It's like the uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, that was good. Have you seen it yet? That's a very uh, Irish subject that you might enjoy. Shamefully, no, oh, no, good, not yet. It's good. I'm, I'm, I, I hear that it's just like it's incredible. It's on Disney Plus as well, mm. which saved me the job of nicking it. So um, it's worth like, watching. I, I, if you like in Bruges, you'll yeah. like it because, like I, I said on the um, on the on the Grappies, or I don't know if it was the Crappies when mm. we were talking about like the uh, the best uh, best films we've seen this year. And I've seen fuck all. Like I wish I'd seen. I've seen that now, so that's probably my film of uh, of twenty twenty two. Simon says it's really? a, it's a great film. It's to be honest, I love in Bruges. Like it's Colin Farrell's very similar i would say to in that like in bruges is like that's that's mm-hmm. the one i am what i am that knob as who watched in bruges and then was like oh you know we should go on holiday bruges um and then literally did the, you know, i did an in bruges walking tour <laughs> on which we were literally the only people who'd seen the film the rest were just random people who were uh, who were there on holiday who just chosen it as a random walking tour and didn't get any of the references about you know that's the tower where he uh he falls out of at the end that's where uh i didn't realize by the way dom old gleason is uh is his son and um, brendan gleason but uh yeah it was uh, <laughs> it was one of those uh those fo- those those weird kind of like i'm i'm here i'm in the film i'm it's like when I was in New York. It's like outside, like the Ghostbusters thing. It was just cool to walk around. It's like, oh, that's the tower. Oh, there's the alcoves. That's where they were talking about it in the film. Maybe I'll do the same with uh, with this one. I think you know for that one. I mean, I think that's mad going on an in Bruges themed like walking tour, having never seen the film. Like it'd be like I don't know, like going to visit the set of Game of Thrones next time. <laughs> yeah. Like you're in Belfast. Just, I've never seen an episode. Oh, I didn't even Castle, consider that. Cool. Didn't even consider yeah. doing that. I'd love that. <laughs> I thought done, it was mate. all. Wasn't it the Titanic, mate? Wasn't it all filmed in like Norway or somewhere like that? I thought it was. Oh, no, fuck. no, it's loads of it's filmed in Northern Ireland. Well, I it's like up. kind of real. Yeah, there. It's like a big, big thing. Mm. Like so many of the cast are from there as well. Mm. So yeah, yeah, they have they have that there. They're, there's a big old Titanic bit. I, I did the walk. Do we go past the Europa Hotel and stuff? It's <laughs> great, cracking walking tour. Go see some wrestling history as well, you know. Uh, but I was gonna. I, I thought I did your proud, JP. I had uh, I'd me my fair share of potato bread. I had some great breakfasts in there in Bob and Birds and Ireland's own Tim Hortons. I had uh, yeah, did the uh, did the full thing. You need, you need to get back home at some point once you've had the you know get back. Yeah, there, go back to Dublin, get back to the south. I need um, I need to get a, down there, down to Waterford. I did start a big kickoff though because when I got there, there's like a um, there's like a big uh, like. Like the tunnel in the airport is literally like a big like banner ad now for Tato's crisps, and like I just assumed like that was like I posted a picture of it on Twitter, being like, "Oh, I said, you know, how cool is this? this is the, this, the proper stuff." And it was Jordan pointing it out to me and uh, and Jamesy as well that apparently like there's there's like a a Tato civil war, like the the Tato's that you get, which are kind of like walkers in the north, are actually not the same Tato's crisps you get in the south. They're like they they like pa- license the name out or something like that. I don't know. I didn't want to start the troubles. Part two, but it, uh, it caused some <laughs> some issues between the <laughs> the north and south. It'll kick off. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Apparently, oh, there's northern tacos and uh, tatoes and uh, and southern ones. Blooming mad. And and those of us just wanting a unite one un- unified tato. <laughs> in there. I feel like I'm I'm treading into. You're allowed to say that, I'm not. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that away. You got the family links. It's like oh, once a year oh, when you do the St. Patrick's Day daily update and you're uh, <laughs> in your dad's voice. You know, it's you, fine. You're allowed. You're wanting the two sets of Tato's to just sit side by side peacefully in harmony <laughs> as much as anything else, where they both can prosper. 
One day, mate. <laughs> One day. <laughs> but on that note, I'll move us on. <laughs> Speaking of daily updates, there you go. There's the uh, the tie. And obviously, to whatever, the schedule's a bit all over the place uh, with uh, mm-hmm. well, obviously with end of year shenanigans. We had. We're still going to be doing something on the air uh, on the you know gra- the Grapple One Hundred's going to be coming out on the uh, the top matches of the year. So the look backs mm-hmm. at uh, a 2022 aren't aren't quite over yet. But yeah, between the grappies, the crappies that we've somehow not been sued for yet, or uh, or I pulled down, which you can get at Patreon.com. Uh, slash grapple um, plus the ass grapple session that went to uh, literal shit uh, the second Will Cooling turned up uh, last week it's uh, it's a weird you did the daily update on on, tu- on Monday and thought it was Tuesday it's it's all over the yep. place at, at this point I've no concept of apologising for a daily update not happening on Sunday New Year's Day <laughs> is a is a really weird uh, scenario but yeah we we had all of those. Um, and obviously, we are going to be having um, a lot of stuff coming out this month, including we're going to be doing a, a free trial week uh, towards the, the end of January. I don't know if I should be going into that territory right now. Probably not going to uh, sell any Patreon but, subs by telling people that we've got a free one coming up in three weeks. But yeah. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> it's not about the money, no, JP. It's about giving us a it's go. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Indeed. No, but patreon.com forward slash grapple we've got the spike dudley mixtape coming up as well yeah um gonna be doing an observe this we're gonna have some uh rumble content as well as well on there so yeah it's you know gonna be really fun we're gonna be having a big town hall yeah uh, kind of uh meeting as well so if you want to be a part of that part of that discussion with that with us at patreon.com forward slash grapple. Seamless. Seamless. But yeah, go, I'm still on holiday. Mate, I've never left. That's where I am. Never left. Uh, it's one of them. We're trying, to, we're trying to get back into the swig of it. But yeah, there'll be all that. Be it, the yeah. AW year review. And then, yeah, we are excited. You mentioned the uh, the free trial. It might be coming up uh, at some point to give people a bit yeah. of a, a taste of the Patreon. But yeah, in all seriousness, yeah, it's going to be two years of the Patreon uh, come the 1st wow. of, uh, of February as well. So yeah, we'll be uh, doing some special stuff for that. Dealer's Choice Month, what we're, we're call it currently uh, terming it. Maybe we'll come up with a better name by the time we do it but idea is going to be that me you gareth and matty all get to choose a show um with no right of refusal of the other three which could either be used to create patreon magic and do a fantastic show like i don't know a ring of honor show that happened in 2005 that one of us might have uh, might have been at and doesn't shut up about the entire time or maybe we'll just all come up with something that'll wind the others up and they'll all hate and um, which i think is probably going to be matty's tactic with his uh, presumed randy or mixtape or something they'll come up with but you know it's all gonna be uh, it's all gonna be fun going into February I'm fearing that I won't lie <laughs> I said maybe on the pre-show I'm very very scared of that prospect like coming up as well I can't see how my mind is going to be changed on this it feels very much like a hill I will happily die on but that'd be yeah look, looking really forward to that as well so that's for for February so yeah we've got absolutely fucking loads Shit load. Uh, look forward shit to load. it. Um, maybe and if you're going back for two years of archives, by Christ. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a genuinely terrifying amount of, of audio that is on there about all manner of conceivable subjects. Get it all. Uh, include Montreal Month, which uh, there might not ever be yeah. a part two of, but we'll see. What is it a work? That's why I never determined. <laughs> uh, everyone's doing this month. Everyone's doing Starcade 97 retro content. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do that one day. Um, that could yeah. be the, uh, the next one if we ever do revisit 97. we got uh, the the, uh, the Raw uh, Month 1 mixtape coming up as well. So uh, flashback even. So uh, look forward to that. But yeah, we should get into the main stuff. Obviously, like I say we're recording mm-hmm. on, a, on a rare Wednesday 
Wednesday um, to get uh, some fresh Wrestle Kingdom uh, takes in. Um, obviously, we are we are unconscious. We haven't uh, we haven't talked which uh, we AEW got some AEW to catch up, which we'll be uh, we'll be doing next week. But obviously, the uh, the big stop topic of the minute is Wrestle Kingdom. I did want to quickly pause before we get to that, just as far as like news goes. There hasn't been a lot of news over the last for a while, but I know something you wanted to mention the, the sad passing mm. of uh, of Don West, um, which did uh, happen last week. Obviously, he'd been uh, he'd been you know battling uh, lymphoma wasn't it for uh, for a while and uh, and yeah. wasn't it wasn't well and yeah it was uh, one of those where it was you know I think you saw a lot of people uh, tweeting about it, you know, Jeff Jarrett and other people, you know, people uh, close to him, Jeremy Borash, uh, I think, uh, get, get, uh, talking about him as well, saying, you know, they were very glad that at least the, uh, the suffering ended there uh, for for for, uh, for poor him. But yeah, I will say, like Don West, like I, I, you know, I'm, you're the more the TNA guy than me, but like that is a man who, you know, you think, you talk about those, like uh, those tributes he got. Nobody's got a bad word to say about Don West. Nobody. And like, mm. as much as some of that shit from early TNA, like we did that TNA month one podcast at one point has kind of aged terribly. Like the one thing that I think, and I think it's actually grown with time. Anybody looks back on early TNA, all they've got is fondness for Don West. Like uh, you know, Don West and Mike TNA as that duo. Like you know, mm. they are a massive part of people's nostalgia for TNA, aren't they? It was a, a sad day when he was uh, removed from the announce booth. But yeah, what a uh, what a fun vibe they uh, they gave to that product uh, way back when. Uh, the wrestling world could do with some more Don West. Absolutely. I'd completely go along with you for that. Like, the, We do need more kind of Don West because if you think of the position he came in, he was somebody who was like he was a salesman. He was known as Will Ferrell, did spoofs of him on Saturday Night Live because he was like on QVC or one of the shop the shopping channels, something like that. Selling Beanie Babies and, and stuff, wasn't he? Like just like, yeah. selling them by the fucking boatloads. Like. He loved wrestling and he mm. came in and he had a kind of really unique voice for it. The thing is, at the beginning, he was just pure enthusiasm. Yeah. And it could, like, kind of slightly drive you up the wall. But he really worked at it and got into it. And over time, he loved the product. And he also loved the kind of wrestlers that, like, kind of real TNA fans liked, Mm. like an AJ AJ Styles or an Amazing Red. They were, like, the kind of guys who were, like, his guys. And he was... There was a point in time with a pair of them during like that kind of first Scott Demore run where you just went, God, this is a, they're a cracking duo. And then they got the opportunity to sign up Taz and then they kind of moved him out. He was good, you know. Turned in heel. He was good, but he wasn't TNA. He wasn't the thing that kind of made them different that, you know, WWE still, and for the, for the most part, until very recently, really felt that he always is they were always embedded to that heel face dynamic at the commentary desk. And he didn't really do this. And, you know, it, it was like face ultra baby face in, you know, if you're standing on the table saying go red, go. And he made like a lot of these matches and you can say it was like kind of an oversell, but it was one of the few positive points from that. Like you mentioned earlier on from the opening show that stayed there, that felt like it should be part of it. Yeah, and it was it was like the first thing they kind of got. Well, actually, if we remove Ed Ferrara, we just have Don West and Mike Tanay. This is fine. And you know what? They were right. Yeah, that was the thing. Ed Ferrara was kind of you forget he was in that booth, you know, earlier on. And yeah, it was the thing about Tanay and West was like they just they had that chemistry right away, didn't they? And like you know, Mikey says here in the chat, you know, you've got to be kidding me, and you know all that. That's the uh, the rope, the uh, the cage walk, isn't it? With the Elix Skipper that gets replayed uh, a million times, or even just like. 
his infectious enthusiasm for like the X Division and stuff. Like he got that over in a lot of ways because like yeah. he, it's a bit like Shivani now. Where I, to be honest, I think Shivani's a little bit put on. Like I'm not sure he really enjoys like some of the mm, stuff he's mm. pretending to enjoy. Don't get me wrong, I prefer it to Jim Ross sitting there miserable. But like Mike Ten- Mike Tanay and Don West and Don West especially, you could tell fucking loved this stuff and he loved learning about it and he loved getting to know these young wrestlers to the point where you're right when he when he managed you know Amazing Red, he legitimately loved the guy and did his best to to get that act over even if it you know maybe wasn't the uh the greatest fit in the world but that's the biggest thing it is it's a massive like memory and yeah when they when they dismantled that team they did it around the same time as you know all the hogan guys came in and they get rid of the six side they bring for like the fourth time you know or maybe that was the first time of four times but you know they kind of it's that identity of TNA, isn't it? You think of TNA, you think TNA mm. and Don West, you think of that gif of the two of them trying to high-five and missing. Like, I don't even know what that's yeah. from, but you see that so often that it's, I, like, it's like a little Is that not from when Kurt Angle was announced? Oh, right, yeah. signing for the company. And they're great there, too. They're great there, too. Like, it's just... Yeah, they're tremendous. You know, so memorable in all those calls. So, no, absolutely deserves, you know, all the plaudits he's getting. It's just, yes, kind of sad the way it, it ended isn't it but you know comforting yeah. to, to hear the tributes like, even fucking Michael Cole I know he did a shit pun with it but even him getting reference on I mean that's a, that talks to the strength of the amount of former TNA slash impact people that are still backstage at AWA even despite the calls they've had over the last year or so it speaks to the kind of the respect he had doesn't it like across the industry and stuff so genuinely a, a sad one that one yeah and hopefully he'll be a what a lot of color commentators kind of look to as someone who's who's enthusiastic selling the product but also is kind of into it as well and it's not like he was just like completely shouting and screaming mm-hmm. you know like there were a lot of times where he would be like quite calm and he he liked it and he made an effort and there's a lot of people who you know we've seen go out to do commentary stuff and they just don't care they don't do really any research they say the things they already want to say and you know, Jim Ross now. How much? <laughs> supposed, yeah. to be, supposed to be the best announcer of yeah. all time. The fucking miserable art bastard. <laughs> he could take it. Yeah. A, a cue or two from uh, from Don West, but no, definitely a a sad one. That one. I was going to say like any other news notes we've kind of had over the uh, the last while. There isn't much really. It's been a, a quiet spell. Punk's been causing trouble on uh, on Instagram. The NWA's back on YouTube. JP, I don't know if you saw that with my. Uh, that's a, oh, the, the, the four that. subscribers to Fight TV are going to be made up to save their uh, their fiver a month. And uh, Karen Jarrett speaking of TNA causing causing trouble on uh, on Twitter for us for podcast <laughs> Kelly. Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's much about to say on that one. <laughs> no, it is because as with everything, like this, uh, you know, the end when it hits like the end of December, mm. um, when we're getting into January, it's more that it's Japan that takes over. It's mm. like it kind of almost has like a week to itself. Yeah. Because quite often TV will end up being, they'll do pre tape shows or they might, depending on where, you know, if it falls on like a christmas day or whatever they might do a best of raw i think they did this year or something along those lines so you know it's the one thing where there's guaranteed to be like kind of a lot of wrestling and a lot of like kind of big wrestling for the year mm. and it's quite weird you get in the first week of january you know you think christ pace it out but no that's it. It's JP's time to shine. It's the most wonderful time of the year for, uh, for you. But as we said, that's the, I think that's the point in the year where you know you're getting it into, into 2023. Mm. And fuck me, I haven't even finished my me, uh, me 2022 match of the year ballot. And as happens, uh, or at least as used to happen every year, Wrestle Kingdom comes along and, uh, and ruins it. And yeah, we should get it into the... It your brain. It does. Because it it's does. a 2023 match that's thrown in right at the very start. It's like, oh... Last year was still 
we're still two day Wrestle Kingdoms. So we've still got matches from that to uh, to rewatch. If we're going to be putting anything together as far as match of the year for twenty twenty two, but yeah, it's. I mean, that's the thing. New Japan, you know, traditionally started the year with a with match of the year candidates, and I don't know this this year's Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I feel. I don't feel as positive as some. I've seen like some people be like, oh, New Japan's back. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I think it was back for a night in a lot of ways um, that, that we can we can talk about. Like uh, The excitement was back, like getting up this morning. You know, I managed to, despite only flying up from Belfast <laughs> last night, managed to uh, to get myself uh, out of bed and down. I got in, down in time for the Rambo, not quite the, uh, the young boy match, which I, I did end up watching later you know got me gregs in did that uh did that adjust eat or the jp rather than uh, the dragging myself out to the uh, the gregs although once it got to uh to sort of maybe one of the matches on this card maybe i wish i would have uh taken a break uh <laughs> at one point and done me uh my traditional gregs run i tried i tried to ask the just eat driver who got lost on the way um if he had any thoughts on it or predictions for the main event or if he was uh, looking forward to the tamatonga match but yeah he didn't seem uh, didn't seem that arse mate so the uh the the, uh, <laughs> the just eat uh demo as far as uh, New Japan fans are uh, has not picked up again this year but genuinely like it was exciting like get me get me coffee get me Greg's and get ready for it watching it online I mean as I talked about on the pre-show and some might have heard in the intro here we uh, I did uh, unfortunately get myself in some trouble this morning on Twitter but I mean that's a that's a, a day that ends in why but as far as yeah. like a day where you're watching it along and you know group chats are bustling discords are bustling you know the Twitter timeline's going you know, we we get into the show itself, but it felt a little bit like old times. You know, the crowd is back. You know, it had that Wrestle Kingdom mm-hmm. presentation. Like, like I say, there's a an absolute match of the year candidate in there. We're gonna gonna rave about in a second. Like, you know, elements of it felt like you know five years ago, six years ago. I mean, you know, we've I've been heavily, or I got heavily into New Japan in about 2014. So that's almost almost ten years ago. But uh, at this point, as far as this modern era of uh, of New Japan goes, but yeah, felt a felt a little bit like old times in a, in fleet moments today, JP. It did, and I kind of generally would agree with you. I don't think it's as I don't think it's like this complete return to form. Mm. Um, but then we're comparing it to what is going to be considered to be one of the golden ages of wrestling, like yeah. proper, proper high quality stuff that actually we don't really realize, but we were very spoiled on. I think there was things about like having a very large crowd. Mm. So for example, there being 26,000 there is a big, is a massive deal for them because that was like the biggest crowd, obviously since, since the pandemic um, it was up there with, you know, it, the big year is when they did 40,000 night one and 35,000 night two. Yeah. And they did like, they did over 70, 75,000 fans combined mm. over the two days. Yeah, so that's the kind of levels that, that's the levels that really their modern new Japan is trying to get up to. This was like, you know, it, it clearly did well mm. as a draw. I don't know. I'd be interested in like the war cup stuff and how many tickets were sold in the day when that information comes out. But it did feel like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a, there were still things, perhaps even like earlier on, where it still felt like a bit muted. Um, I thought that necessarily. Yeah, I, I did. It, it did feel like a little bit muted. But then, when the big stuff started to happen, the crowds were responding in the way. Apart from one bit, which we'll go into, where the crowd didn't respond, regardless of what <laughs> other people might no, tell that's you. Just, Japan, just mate. go with what you're. Read Chris Jericho's books. The uh, they just sit on the hands of Japan. No, they sit on the hands when you're not over. That's <laughs> what they do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, again pandemic here aside but i i did exactly. you know, those jokes aside i did think that like i was like glad that the atmosphere was back in a lot of ways but it also 
did feel like the crowd didn't necessarily know what to do. Like I saw Karen saying about that, mm. that like a lot of like you no know, like the live one, the stuff they had on screen about the the complicated rules and stuff about what you know you what yeah. you were allowed to chant and how long you were allowed to chant for and stuff. I think that did hurt it because if that, and you know Japan's uh you know it's Japan you know and they they they're taking things more seriously than maybe maybe we are at this point. There was definitely a a trepidation. It felt like it just felt like, it took a while. It took kind of the big matches really for 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 to get that loud. You, you had mm-hmm. some cheering, but in some spots like not to you know to give uh, my haters and trolls a bone on twitter it did feel a bit crap crowd in moments it did feel a little bit like a like a trepidatious crowd not knowing what to do maybe maybe that'll just come back with time you know it, it was still massively preferable but it wasn't it didn't feel like it was in full song you know what i mean it didn't feel like okay we're we're fully back cuz we're not fully back it, it was notable in obviously osprey versus omega how much the crowd were kind of reacting and how much they just completely forgot about the rules and they were engrossed in what they were watching, as you, as you can imagine. Um, we're not quite back. I mean, I think you could even, even transport this really onto kind of like the booking where like there were there were better things. and But there's still stuff that obviously they can improve upon. And well, the product's not as hot the as the other thing, isn't it? It just isn't. Like, it's a fact. Exactly. Mm. Mm. There is. It's, 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 it's not as hot there seems to be a lot of shuffling around. Like I think it seems to be a lot more of a livelier contract season because mm. obviously in Japan, it's like a lot of the contracts are rolling contracts, rolling one year contracts. And you go up to like kind of January, we've seen Jake Lee, um, all Japan, you know, there's talk of show and yo going to Dragon Gate. This is all from um, reported from, from voice of wrestling. You know, there was reports about El Desperado, a lot of the Suzuki going, and it felt, you know, like we're going to talk about with Zach as well, that certain people are going to be like kind of maneuvered. So there's actually going to be a bit of change and there's a bit of change within the stables, hopefully as well at some stage. And that's something that, you know, I complained about on the crappies show. Hmm. So you just bin them all off them and all the AW stables as well. So <laughs> there is a, <laughs> there's, there's too many. Hmm. It, 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 that's the thing. I, I came out of this show more positive, but still kind of like, well, it's still New Japan. You know, there is still, you know, this this yeah. overall staleness that we saw in the main event. There is still kind of like this, you know, this hangover from the pandemic. We are still dealing with a Bukhar who maybe is short on, on new ideas. But, you know, again, you know, all of those problems they have were just exasperated by the last two years of, you know, full-on clap crowds and, and pandemic buttons, so booking, so at least we're turning the corner there. Like I said, it's maybe a bit early to, yeah. to be like, oh, we're back, but there were definitely, definitely signs of hope. Well, even just comparing to the last couple, the last couple of um, mm. Wrestle Kingdoms, where it felt like at times they were nigh on unwatchable. Just mm. these really long shows in a kind of very big, empty building where the acoustics don't sound good yeah. and you've had to turn off the lights because you don't want to show empty stands and things like that. That kind of stuff is quite dispiriting to yeah. watch a show like that. Whereas at least, even though there was obviously empty seats, there was stuff about like, there was a bigger upgrade on the production. There was like, you know, in terms of the LED screens were, were better. It felt like it was going back to that kind of 2016, 2017 like kind of era where there was a lot more like emphasis on the presentation of things. And so that was certainly like a sign for improvement as well. So it's going to be interesting. And Mike, you mentioned in the chat, we've got new year's dash and at the time of recording that hasn't happened yet. We'll be be covering it on on the next Monday show, but that feels 
like is that one that's going to be a substantial one because that's always been a wasted opportunity it's almost i wonder if the logic is is that now the pandemic in japan and for japanese companies is kind of thing like it's coming to an end that at this stage which seems crazy if you're in the west but obviously entirely you know there's still cities that get shut Front down. Front pages of the papers are still scaremongering about uh, masks coming back and stuff in between shit stories about yeah. Casey Sunak. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. So mm. it does, you know, you do feel like th- this is the chance for them to take a few more booking risks. That, that ha- perhaps there isn't the acknowledgement internally that things have been dull and they've just been in a holding pattern for a long time until they can hold large scale events again and try and draw and be able to fly people in without having to have them um, in um, uh, incubating for two weeks before coming out. You know, yeah. it, little it, things like all that. of that, all of that type of stuff. If you've got the avoidances of it, it it's a much more appealing product. Yeah, as Chris says there, but yeah, Japan plans, Japan, Japan, Japanese crowds are always silent. I haven't even watched wrestling before. Yeah, I got a lot of that today. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, obviously there'll be there'll be more stuff coming. But I mean, I think the, the I think the positive feeling coming out of this show, and we'll get into the main stuff now, is is mainly coming out of the fact that we had a killer at least first part of the double main event. I think that's got to be the uh, the place we start. Because tell you what, I haven't had that Wrestle Kingdom. You've seen a potential match of the year candidate, if not the match of the year candidate feel in a while. It's almost like I feel when we've done the top ten list over the last couple of years, we almost kind of go, like, all right, fine, I'll put the Wrestle Kingdom main event in my top four or whatever. It's like last year when I went with uh, with Punk Kingston and I think yeah, a couple of years of kind of raised raising your eyebrows at that. And it was like, I just couldn't go with Osprey Carter. It just it felt soulless, you know, as good as it was on paper, it just didn't really really click for me in a way that you know the big new japan you know main events have in the uh in, in past years and this one although not in the main events we've got to start by talking about this kenny omega and will osprey this felt like that this felt like you know close your eyes or just stop time for 25 minutes and you're in like peak new japan once again like i thought this was just i, I gave it i'll throw it out there immediately gave it five stars on grapple was no even doubt in my mind about it when the match finished uh, when i threw that five star rating in like i haven't felt that feeling in a while and it was everything that i could have wanted out of this match and it was like i almost feel the only doubt i had about that five star rating is it could i could have gone 4.75 just because i almost feel like a rematch could be even better and what you do then then you dave Meltzer, then you're breaking your scale then gareth will uh will shout at us but like i just thought like this was exactly what i want out of a wrestle kingdom presentation we can go into the undercard it was mm-hmm. good nothing really blow away we can go into the second main event didn't love it myself, but, you know, other people did seem to. But this was, I mean, it's not a one-match show, but it kind of feels like one because this match is so head and shoulders above everything else. And it was just incredible. Like, from from the start, like, the, the entrances, you know, the big Kenny Omega entrance, the big one-winged angel, angel entrance at first. Didn't love the fact it was a bit like, you know, we're going to talk about Nakamura Muta later that he didn't uh, didn't have the old uh, New Japan music, but in the end, mm. uh, you know, Ned's Choice from a game, or what's it, Final Fantasy 7 or something like that. Um, yeah. I thought it was, uh, it fit him, and it, you know, it felt like a big, you know, entrance and coming out dressed like, uh, dressed like Terminator, and I'm sure that's, a, that's the wrong reference, but uh, to me, it was a cool 
cool. Regardless of the uh, the origin, great outfit, great entrance. Osprey followed it up with his fucking, you know, great Wrestle Kingdom Oof. level entrance. Bringing Elevator back, uh, Elevator back. I'm sure uh, Gareth's kids will be uh, will be loving that as it gets played in the car for the next uh, three weeks. I'm sure on repeat. Like they got it right from the start. Like without getting into like the nitty gritty of the match yet. It was like. The presentation had already set it up for that. It felt mm. for the first time in God knows how long like an important, proper Wrestle Kingdom match. And like, you know, some of the some of the build was a bit lacking, but I did think the last minute build that they did in the press conference added to that feeling as well with the you know, with the killer Osprey um promo and Don Callis doing great work at the uh, the mm. press of the tape before as well. It just felt proper. It felt like a real Wrestle Kingdom main event. And then to top it off, they somehow delivered on expectations in ring as well. Yeah, I, and I feel like getting it off. I, I went, I took the cowards route. I, I went four and a half because instinctively I, I went, I, I need to see this again. Mm. Now that that that's where I'm coming from. It's almost like it's a placeholder grade. It's like I know that this is great, but I need, need to see this again. I need to see it like kind of being perhaps slightly fresher when I haven't like just in isolation as a match in and of itself. I think the dynamics of the match were fascinating. And you mentioned the press conference and the way that it had played up effectively that Kenny Omega is too good. This company's gone downhill. It was like, okay, they're playing him as heel. Mm. Okay, this is interesting. And Osprey as the person who, you know, like say passionately defending like the fact that he remained in New Japan and is and you know, try to keep the company going during the pandemic and talking about the clap crowd. So they they established that dynamic, which I didn't think that would be the way they were going. I just I had made an assumption that Kenny Omega's return, he'd be very much playing the baby face. But it was all the better for it because it allows Omega to be vicious and slow things down as the person who's older, carrying around the injuries, and Osprey fighting from underneath, particularly like with the the blade job. But it was there was everything about this. I was watching this, and and I think there was the point when um, I mean, how long did the match go? Was it was it half, was it just under half an hour? Is it? Mm, yeah, yeah. So there's a point like when the 25 minute call went. I was like, wow. Like okay, this is good. Like for the ver- for the first time, I've just forgotten about the time of yeah. this because it felt really, really well paced. They didn't like they took time for spots, and then when we had the the big kind of um, uh, was it not Steiner screwdriver or the suplex onto the buckle with with Osprey? It was the big it kind of point in the match. The big turning point in the match, and he kind of just completely ramped up at that stage and it just felt more like a war at that stage and it was brutal and the crowd were just completely with Osprey yeah. at, at this stage they were like they were completely with them which is when you think of what the bigger effect of what they need to do this is the thing that's going to make it I mean think about Kenny Omega lost to Kazuchika Okada that first time round it didn't make him a lesser star it made him a bigger star because it was just like the kind of this is the level that this guy's on and it worked the fact that you had Kenny's eye being fucked up as well. And like you, I thought, well, we are going to the rematch here for it. But I, it was just like, felt like a proper dream match, presented like a dream match, feeling important. It was Kenny without comedy. It wasn't like they book him better than he can book himself. Yeah. Is a 
is really like one of the messages. They get Kenny Omega more than Kenny Omega gets it, which I'm assuming is an experience that only LSD can prepare you for. <laughs> like, so it is the kind of situation where you look at um, you look at them, you look at the the, the situation with um, uh, like with with a match like this, and it's it's setting out the story. It delivered the things that it had to deliver, which was like a brilliant classic match on which to like kind of set their stall out of we're still the great match factory but kenny kind of to your point it's kenny stepping up to what is expected of him he knew this was a big wrestle kingdom main event of course he wasn't gonna dog it but it felt like it was a level above you know anything he's done in aw maybe brian match aside i mean he's in there with osprey that's the thing you know it's two it's two of the absolute you know, best in the world, and it's a dream match at that. And to be honest, it, it felt more than a dream match. It felt like it was a grudge match too. You know, based on the on the press conference stuff, based on how brutal it was, and I just thought it was laid out absolutely perfectly because it was like, you know, Osprey, as I think Gareth said today, and as I know, you know, you've kind of alluded to there, as a babyface underdog, that really is his best role. I mean, I know he. Mm. He can portray or be the role of Dickhead really well, but what this match needed, and it maybe wasn't the the tact I maybe would have expected going in, was Omega to come in as this kind of conquering Dickhead heel who was like, yeah, I've been here before, I've done all this before, you know, prove yourself to me, kid, kind of kind of situation. And Osprey didn't get that done, didn't didn't prove himself to Kenny. You know, I think that's a a lovely layer to the story that was kind of laid out here but i just thought you know in getting to that point and laying out the story as a match as you say the the you know the kenny going after osprey's back in the early stages it wasn't like a match i might mention in a minute where you know the first 20 minutes are, are kind of forgettable you know the, that that groundwork that was laid that built up to you know the to the turnbuckle bump the you know, at the 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 daft. I know Kenny did the stupid putting his head through uh, the gap in the table um, thing, but you know that included that double stomp through the table on the outside. That included that extra level of viciousness that a an Omega, you know, going after going after Osprey. Just you know, laying that foundation allowed Osprey to do what he does best. It it you know it gave us a great story that Osprey was ultimately going to be the loser in. I mean, you know, when it came to like the finish. Of the match, Osprey, you know, kind of spitting at Kenny and not having, you know, anything left to offer was kind of, you know, the the result of a well done game plan by Kenny. But it adds, you know, lots of you know memorable spots, lots of athletic spots that you're not going to see many other people pull off. You know, at the level of these two, where uh, there was maybe one or two slightly messier spots as they haven't outside of that, uh, you know, the the Forbidden Door uh, multi man not really worked in the in the ring together, but that kind of added to the nastiness of the match as well. But it was all of that. And it was, I think, for me, the reason I settled on five stars was. I did see some people being like, ah, the match was missing a little bit. You know, I wanted five more minutes. I didn't. I like that it was definitive. I like that, you know, it was one wing angel and you're not kicking out of that and Osprey is dead. There's a version of this match that might have had another few minutes on it and had a few more minutes to kick out. But I don't think that would make it better. It's a bit like, you know, maybe not, you know, your, your, your classic 
indie film or your classic, you know, 90-minute film that's perfect for what it is because it it starts out with a relatively simple story and, you know, closes the book at the end of it and it's, you know, it's a well-told story that that works and makes sense from where it began to where it ended. It didn't need the big twist at the end. It didn't need the big extra stuff. We can do that in the second match. This first match is like a self-contained piece of art as a match was just... It was just unbelievable. It was just, to me, almost a perfect wrestling match. I Again, I'm going to have to go back and watch this again. But that's a good thing. And I'm wanting to watch this, not in a completist type way, but in, as a matter of fact, I want to see this because this is clearly like kind of a, um, mm. like a, a, a really great match. It's fascinating to see what they do with this from here because I think the idea of him not kicking out of the one-winged angel and having that five more minutes is that's why you have the rematches. Yeah. And clearly there's going to be rematches. Clearly this is a match now where if you're Tony Khan, you can go, right, we, can we have this on Revolution? Yeah. Like, I don't know, win this series with Death Triangle, have them do the heel turn and, and then lose it. Yeah, yeah. For, forbidden Door would be the one wouldn't it? That's when you want to do it again, like give it six months to settle on it. Because that's what we had with after that first match is we had like, what we had six months and then we had Kenny Okada as the rematch mm-hmm. and then that was the 60 minute draw and then later, you know, then we had the G1 match and then we had the the eventual kind of like the, the, the two out of three falls and they can do stuff that's similar here because this is like one of these kind of generational feuds isn't it of like innovative wrestlers wrestling each other and they both have big personalities whether you like those personalities obviously kind of in the eye of the beholder so i think there's a there's so much more that that you can do with this as a match and i think it would be proven to be a draw although where do you attribute the figures for where the increased subscriptions particularly from the west are we going to be putting on this are we going to put it on something else probably but it feels like this this match was a draw. And it's also the, like you mentioned earlier on about it being the best thing. It was the peak of the show and it felt like it peaked at the right time. And I think the ending peaked at the right time. I didn't feel shortchanged by it at all. I didn't feel like that was a letdown or a disappointment. I didn't have any na- nagging feelings. I think there's another one, just another point of view. Like I say, I want to see this again to perhaps fully appreciate it. Mm. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, I watched it twice today. Um, loved it as much both times. Uh, maybe I, you know I'm conditioned to like this Kenny. You know, as much as I give Kenny grief and AEW is the Kenny. I you know I know I know it's you know I know Meltzer was concerned about like the the tollish match probably took on both the bodies because like they weren't just laying it in in a kayfabe sense. They were very much laying mm. it in. You know, some of the shots in here, Kenny's like I was you know closed up. You know, Osprey look banged up at the end of it they they gave the whole bodies to this thing but like these are just like this is the you know best wrestler in the world Kenny Omega that we kind of missed this is Will Ospreay who at this point based on the last year and I should have voted them for, for the rest of the year in the Grappy Awards I know it's a 2023 match but I'd like to change my vote now like he has become that you know and, they're, and they're, it's funny because I hadn't really considered like how similar stylistically they become you know with Ospreay starting as a as a pure flyer like is 
you know, was running New Japan has kind of changed him into, you know, this heavyweight to the point where he felt bigger than Kenny in the match, which was which something mm. I, I didn't necessarily expect. But, you know, he obviously bleeds the flying in, you know, so well. You know, there's not many people, I think, who pull off, you know, the whole, you know, my back's hurting, but I can still pull off a, you know, a big crazy move thing as, as well as well as Osprey does. You know, he strikes hard now. His selling is better than it's ever been. Not mm-hmm. that I, I ever really believed it was as bad as a, as a lot of people said. And he's he's a perfect hybrid wrestler to Kenny as well. It was just a, a stylistic dream, but that doesn't guarantee you're going to get a great match. And, you know, we still did because it was laid out so well and presented so well. And, yeah, it just, you know, so many great memorable moments and it's so, such a great story flowing through it. And then still just this idea of, yeah, like you say, there can be a rematch at some point that we can all look forward to. Yeah. Just, just, yeah, perfect pro wrestling. And, you know, I know you're uh, you're slightly lower on it, but, you know, I've gone I've gone five on it. There's uh, a fair few people um, in the chat who've, uh, who've gone five on it. I've seen a lot of... Good Lord knows what Dave Meltzer's going to go on it. Eight, maybe. He's going to uh, he's going to break the scale even more uh, for this one. But like, I'll go with the conservative six out of five. <laughs> maybe he will. Maybe he will. But like, <laughs> even like you know, looking at you know, and it just doesn't happen. I know Gareth was um, gentleman six. <laughs> gentleman six. Um, I reckon seven at least. Genuinely, like, I, I, unless he breaks mm. it again and goes even higher, I think that's that's probably what he's going to say. But. You know, like even you know, when the app it's trending in the you know the high four point eights, like that's a that's a hell of a lot of five star ratings in there. I know the, those ratings are settling as as more people throw in, and it's a little bit lower now than it was this morning. But you know, cage match it's tre- trending that high as well. It's just a uh, you know, you're not going to find anyone that goes lower than like four and a half on this one. I don't think unless you just really died in the wall, Jim Cornette listener who's just you know predisposition to hate this already, or predisposition to hate the the men in the match already, which is you know going to be uh, some people's uh, take on this. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they may well, but I can get people who might go four, four point two five, like in the sense they say it's very good, but for whatever reason it doesn't connect, and that's you know that that. Can come sure, but not for me, preference. one of those ratings. But, yeah, one of those ratings, which I, I always understand those because that's just much more of like a stylistic preference than anything else. I do think that, um, you know, when we're talking match of the year next year, which is insane because we haven't talked about match of the year, the, the year that's just gone. So it, this is going to be up there and it's going to be memorable. That's the main thing for this because it's going to be memorable because when it came on, I was like, ah, I'm kind of excited now. I like this. This feels big. It felt like when they had like Kenny Omega in that font written out and the Terminator font up on the big screens. It felt like big time wrestling. That's something that's been sorely lacking that's because what we've seen in New Japan. Japan. So that's the beauty yeah. of New Japan. Like you know, you look at my 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 top ten matches of the year the last three years, pretty much through, through this pandemic. I haven't hit five stars because nothing's felt nothing's. I thought like you know there's the top level of matches that like a Brian Kenny was in AEW, but it's that just one notch above that like you can only mm-hmm. really get with like a first class proper present pr- properly presented New Japan main event. Yeah, like for example, like the idea of that episode of like with with Kenny Omega and Danielson and Dynamite is because they open up the show with it. Whereas this kind of feels like you've had your appetite kind of whetted on the undercard who you're used to watching it, and therefore you're into the kind of like, you know that it's going to be a big match because of the, like, the placement on the card, and like I said, the presentation uh, presentation and the pageantry, and all of those things. They spent more time on this year, which they should do, because they have competition on that front from like a Noah. So they do need to kind of make sure that things feel important. But this did, and it, you know, 
how often do you know we see sort a of US like title dream. match as well at that? Yeah, you know, I, I was saying in the daily update in the lead into it, I was like, mm. I don't know if that adds to the match really, but you know, it was still the, it was still a co-main event, so whatever. And, I mean, Kenny having it looks weird, but that's kind of a cool ring. What's he going to do with the US title? Like, I know it's another belt yeah. on AWTV, but like, is he going to work the New Japan yeah. Press shows that type of thing? You know, what's where does that go? That was I honestly didn't think that was given. I, I was half expecting Osprey to win because of the the belt factor, so that was maybe not yeah. necessarily surprise but was like oh now i've got now i'm starting to think about that well what happens here that means kenny isn't one and done that means kenny's going to be around again which is a another massive part of the story which is really big and i think that's the the other side on this is that he's not going anywhere they've put a belt on him they've got a good working relationship they've had a financially successful pay-per-view they at some point clearly want to do some they'll do some return show in japan possibly when there is zero crowd restrictions and they just feel like we can do this kind of properly without their bit, you know, and, and really build up to it. So because finance speaks for this, you know, even though I don't think what we're getting for that, for that second night of Wrestle Kingdom at Yokohama Arena, that isn't going to be the AEW Forbidden Door show now. Different type of Forbidden Door, I think. We've, uh, yeah, it's, well, it's, we're, we're back to the <laughs> last year's early 2022 Forbidden Door of Noah again. At least um, singles matches this time, it sounds like. I was glad to hear that. Mm, um, you know, it's less. I less believe you want to fucking see with these boys because yeah. if there's a. If if there's a way of taking the piss, they'll find a way of doing it between yeah. Nasawa wrong guy, Kendo Cashin, Ghetto <laughs> and Dick Togo. <laughs> Throw in T shirt Naito too, but Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it it left it left me feel in general genuinely like positive. Mm. Unfortunately, I would say I came crashing down to earth a little bit <laughs> with the with poor I, I did feel bad for Okada and Jay White. Like I again to give you the picture, I was what I managed to uh, I had like a team meeting that ran through Osprey and uh and um and Omega that I managed to uh, just set myself on busy on and pretend my camera wasn't working just so I could get through that match. By the time Okada and Jay White came, I was like, Yeah, fuck it, throw me in the meeting. I don't care. <laughs> like I, those lads, they had an uphill battle anyway. Like and this is the New Japan of two hours. This is where I'm like you know, we'll get into the Mercedes story after this because that's an, you know that's that's another probably positive story overall for New Japan. But this was the reminder of as much as Omega, you know, Osprey felt massively fresh and felt like a big deal. I did feel Okada J White even going into the pay per view. It was just like who's excited for that? Like it's like I don't know what the number is. It the ninth time or something like that. These two have wrestled. I've seen every counter. Mm. I've ev- I've seen every possible way these two can wrestle each other. There are there are a, you know, I get the idea of putting Okada on last because of, you know, Anoki and they wanted to have the, the big modern equivalent to sign off the show at the end and all of that stuff. But like it just felt like this is the old ass New Japan. This is the New Japan we've kind of all got a bit sick of to the point where it's like I just couldn't invest in this. I couldn't I couldn't concentrate on this. I couldn't really buy any of this. I thought it was boring i thought it was plodding thought it was a you know to throw the old adage in there a professional wrestling match between two great professional wrestlers that were clearly in front of me doing good work 
but there was nothing about it that excited me. And I made the joke on Twitter, like, oh, they're going to do a 15-minute, you know, banging reversal sequence to end, end it, and everyone's going to forget about the you know, the boring 20 minutes where they were still thinking about Omega and, uh, and Osprey, and everyone's going to, you know, give this 4.75 stars, and, you know, it'll be the, the usual Okada effect where we forget the 20 minutes enough not to start a match. But I don't think this even had that. I think even allowing... Maybe this is one I need to rewatch personally, because even allowing for the... You know, just it coming after something so great in in Osprey Omega, like I just struggled to care really, and it was like I gave it three point two five on Grapple. I think that's probably harsh. Should probably revise that to a three point five because it's, you know, like we always thought with star ratings. You know what I mean? There's a there's a certain level that the best wrestlers in the world will will you know have got as far as a you know a floor goes and a you know and a ceiling. But like I just. Don't know where were you on this one? I I really struggled with it and just found it a bit of a a reminder of yes, there's reason to be positive about New Japan, but also it's still the New Japan that maybe we've all grown a little bit tired of the last couple of years. What my hope was at the end of this match, uh, and my my hope was it was going twenty minutes. I just thought, I wonder if they remember taking a lesson from that match that went like fifteen do a sprint. minutes. Imagine do a sprint, just do a fucking wild sprint to end it. And go, oh my god, that was kind of crazy, but they didn't. Yeah, they went into uh, and like say we've we've seen this match, we've seen this feud. This should be the end of this feud, really. In terms of career, it should be the end of Jay White in New Japan. He should be in the states doing stuff that's a bit more interesting, yeah. Like where he would be, like kind of a fresher character, where he is designed for that kind of talker no, no, role. Tony well. Hart gets gets his hands on and we'd be on rampage. No, not him. Doing, um, backstage pre tapes again. <laughs> I I say WWE, yeah, because I think with that interesting coat of paint of of like being able to come in, you know, they'll just throw him into a. Th- three-way with AJ Styles and Finn Balor, won't they? Yeah. And just do bullet club heads, um, like that type of stuff is what they'll do. But that would be the fresh coat of paint that you'd want him to go to, where you feel like actually he could come in there, be presented around that top-level mix and, and be kind of interesting, and he's got a good look. But as a match, I think I went 3.75 almost, I think probably for for us, our real rating's three and a half. I almost went 3.75 out of politeness. Yeah, because I was like, I'm, not, I can't, I can't, I, I kind of felt bad because they're I couldn't. Also, two of the best wrestlers in the world. Previous match, they are, and yep. there's stuff in there like you say, it's good work. It's just that I'm not invested in the story. Yeah, I'm not really invested in the feud. I never really have been that invested in the feud, but it feels like something that they've wanted to do for a hell of a long time, and they were just going to do it by hook or by crook, and they have. And now I'm just thinking, is this over? Like, can we? Like, can they just? do more interesting things and have more interesting challenges. And I have to say Shingo coming out at the end, I was like, oh, that's a match to look forward to, Hmm. if nothing else. And it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Okada loses it back to Shingo in some shots. It's also I mean, a nice reminder, be... Shingo should be at that level, not fucking around yes. with the king of, the king of pro wrestling that was, books. <laughs> that was the other thing as well. I just went, well, that's an that's a match that they look, I mean, they seem to have a balls up on the dates at the time. They were completely unsure of like, of when this match was going to be taking place. But, it's it's a it's another new Japan main event. You go, well, that, that will be a good match. I'll always, like, I'm kind of Shingo Okada in front of fans. I'd be more invested in than like the previous iterations of of those matches that we've seen before, which has been to to muted crowds, if not kind yeah. of in front of no one. That's true. So that's there. It's just that this needs to be the end of the sort of Jay White Okada stuff. But it was also that it was just predictable. We knew what the ending we were getting. 
we knew we were going to get a card of winning. We knew in particular of this, because it was the 50th anniversary alone, that was always going to happen, let alone the death of Inoki. Yeah. They had to have that. You knew that post-match he was going to do the um, the standard kind of um, Inoki sign-off. We were going to get these things. It was how long we were going to have to wait before we get to them. And in the end, you kind of think, and you're just praying that it's around 20 minutes. We had to take our medicine, is the thing, didn't we? Like that was, yeah. It's a, it was a prerequisite of this show. So I do get that, but like I'm not gonna pretend I like the match more than I did. I just didn't, and it's for all those factors we kind of mentioned there. I would have preferred, like I said this on Twitter. I don't know out there. Take Shingo to have, you know, if he's going to be the next challenger. Maybe he could have been third from top in some kind of match. I know I got some pushback from people going, "Well, who would you wrestle?" And it was like, well, I don't know. Give Tanahashi a, a, a singles match. Give uh, Ishii feels like the obvious Westerner one we'd always pick that New Japan clearly don't see at that level that we do. I don't know you book and book it though. You know, book someone to be ready for that to uh, to have a big shingo match if he's going to be uh going to be challenging to it i did think as much as i enjoyed this show the undercard was i was we'll get into it in a minute a little bit lacking of like that big undercard you know that never title level banger mm. you know that you have like third from top or four from top or your straight up singles junior match that you know everyone remembers you know third or, or, or second from top it was it was maybe missing that a little bit roto maybe shingo dare i say the hiroki goto single slot Possibly. Where you watch that and go, it's fucking brilliant. Sorry, he is. He's like, he turns up, rain or shine at Wrestle Kingdom. He tends to have good matches. But yeah, he did dare tonight. I say, I, he did tonight. Yeah. He did. Like, I think that's the, he is like, you know, for all of the various. I've got some praise for Bishop. Don't, don't worry. I won't, be, yeah. I won't be me in this time. But no. Yeah, I just, that was kind of a, a note. But yeah, as John says, yeah, they're probably the new beginning tour made about the usually, uh, you know, driving to the ground on Dontaku yeah. destruction, etc. So as far as getting fresh, uh, you things i guess we'll see but yeah that's how the end of the show you know uh the fanboy in me was kind of hoping maybe omega might uh interact with this lot or you know crazy thoughts you know K- kota Ibushi coming back or something who was tweeting there uh, on the night about having mixed feelings um about the show that was another element of the osprey omega match that i enjoyed uh omega kind of trying to get revenge for uh for kota Ibushi and uh and using his moves and such thought so that was a, a nice little wrinkle as well but yeah as far as the, the two main events go i think there was a clear uh a and b and I suppose the other A story coming out of the show before we do get to those other matches, it is, as we talked about, uh, the former Sasha Banks. Uh, Mercedes Monet making her uh, a big debut, coming out to a song that sounds very much like uh, like a bit of jump, jump from uh, from crisscross to uh, to my ears. I haven't been uh, corrected by Liam in the chat as to what the uh, the actual uh, sample uh, is there, but I'm I'm going with crisscross. I think she's just a just a big fan. You know, she's related to Snoop Dogg. Maybe maybe crisscross are, uh, are related somewhere there as well. But um, yeah, Jackson Fives, I want you back. Is apparently the uh, the the, uh, the the real uh, real sample there, but. I'll start with the positive, as I'm sure based on my tweets, people are expecting me to go negative on this. I will point out, mm-hmm. as I've been missed by the Sasha Banks fans of the world, I absolutely think this is a great signing. I think it's a great news story. I think it's great that she's out of the WWE system. I think those fuckers should have paid her what she wanted. I think she deserved to be put on a level with with Bailey, with um, with Becky Lynch and and Charlotte Flair, if not maybe you know a slight notch below. Um, I think their treatment of her and their pushing of her has been wrong i think this is you know and it'll be a nice shot on the arm for AEW if what we all expect to happen which is that she works there in new japan i think it's wild to be like you know new japan was like 
this white what this like white whale of like you know disgruntled male wrestlers in WWE you know I could go to New Japan and have a New Japan run or I could be AJ Styles you know come from TNA and reinvent myself and you know make myself a top guy the fact that a woman can do that now is actually really cool um it was you know whether we say Osprey and Omega drew the house which I'm pretty sure it did look at Google trends look at all those searching massively up for Sasha Banks she is a mega star at least within the wrestling sphere she walked out she looked like a megastar she looked like a million bucks and that's the thing you'll hear people repeat and maybe that is all that matters because that's what they're gonna have in the magazines and that's what they're gonna you know plaster all over the twitter and stuff like that she looked great but then it was the execution of it as carl says tell the truth now we got to tell the truth this was horrendous like this was it was a bad idea from the start i think i think the fact that you know, the, the the match right before it got less time than this angle did was probably not great. The fact that she that she came out there and caught the most WWE promo you'll ever hear, which felt really try-hard with, you know, references to Monet and money, and she's now the CEO, apparently, which, as I say, Tony Khan will fucking love because, you know, he loves a good money angle. Throw it in with Big Money Matt and the lawyer bloke and, and all of those, la. Um, Trustbusters. Like, Trustbusters. She'll be like the ninth gimmick. Uh, Leo Rush's old gimmick. She'll be like the, the ninth or tenth person to do a, a, a big, I am a big CEO of Insert Corporation type gimmick in AEW. Thought all that felt a yeah, bit. Yeah, the MFO, mate. <laughs> MFO. The Merce- the Merce- Andrade, Mercedes. He's another one. Oh, it's oh, awful. God. And then there's 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 definitely I don't know an element of Jay Cargill in what she's doing, but I don't mind that. I don't mind them mirroring each other if that's the the big feud we're getting. But she looked unsure of herself. The promo was rotten. It was probably wrong to do it in the first place because it's a fucking Japanese-speaking audience. Like, you know, they're not going to get it anyway, so they went completely silent. And probably the other reason they went completely silent, Oz, is she's got fucking... She gets in there and hits what has to be one of the worst-looking finishes I've ever seen. And I don't care. Even if she hit it right, it still would have been shit. This weird, gory special into a fucking DDT or whatever it was intended to be like and book Harry had to, had to lie there and sell it and it like it didn't connect at all and she's lying there selling it for like 10 minutes while she's cutting this promo and that's the clip you've got as good as she looked if you freeze frame it you've got to show that clip and it was just embarrassing you know probably probably the tip is don't try and you know invent your new move and and do it you know in in high heels in the in the high pressure situation um is she still going to be a draw going forward? Yes. Is it still a big story? Yes. But again, as Carl says, we can't lie and pretend it was good because it wasn't. It was really, really bad. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know your thoughts on it, JP. No, I'm, I'm with you. I thought it was really bad. I just thought I'm not going to send any tweets out there as a result of this because you're just <laughs> going to get these abused, which is what you got. Says. Well, <laughs> that could be the title here. Let's see these ones. <laughs> and you know, it's 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 whether or not Benno, if you just eat some beans, mate, <laughs> bread headed, bread head, brain. That's what I was told. Bread head, breado. Um, it is this kind of things where, yeah, it was the idea of it. I think when they had it in their mind, the, the part of the problem was is they hadn't introduced her to oh, WWE hasn't been on TV in Japan in two years I think right. is the case and so there's going to be that out of out of um, out of um, 
out of eyesight, out of mind, you know, you're not going to, you know, outside out of mind, you're not going to be able to um, see, you know, know exactly who she is. So you've got her coming out with no kind of intro in there at all. It's almost like they better would, they would have better cut to ringside Hmm. and just had her sat there in a pair of dark glasses, watching a match and introduced (laughs) her and then have her come in afterwards, which would be, you know, just doing something like that. It, it really felt like they'd given her a big Tokyo Dome entrance. And I don't know, because they both sides probably thought, well, they need that. And, I, and I'm and i not sure that was necessarily the way to go. The shoes were an issue for trying <laughs> to deliver, you know, in these kind of massive heels on there. I thought fair play for being able to just walk down to the aisle. I hope you're not going to um, have the music. Mac, Dad, I'll make you jump, jump. No, I'm Mac fine with, with, you know, crisscross and jump. Being her theme music, I'm fine for that. But there wasn't a big reaction to it there. But it was because it was kind of like an alien world. But then the women's match wasn't getting a big reaction before it, and had been given just under six minutes, and that felt like the most throwaway thing in the world. It was like almost, you know, the open the junior tag opener had been fun, and then it was like what we see, what we used to see a lot in kind of British wrestling and progress in particular, where the second match women's match on there not enough time angle afterwards that lasts as long where you're just kind of ultimately kind of confused by it but i agree with all of the points of actually like you wouldn't say that this is dead yet at all because it depends how people will misinterpret us and say that it's a bit like having a go at it today be like oh you hate sasha oh you you wwe stand i think was one of the ones i got yeah (laughs) because we haven't lost like our critical faculties if something isn't good it isn't good and you're doing everyone a disservice for this, you know. It was, you know, as someone who had been kind of thinking, okay, there's a good opportunity here with Bushy Road and Stardom and, and everything else them to do. They kind of made this title seem completely unimportant, really, for it. Maybe it'll work better in the states with her headlining these shows. That'll be like the real kind of test. Are they able to use her on some like US? How many US shows are going to use her for? Is it going to affect things like the buy rates and stuff like that? It's it's interesting. And for you know, she's always wanted to be there. She's always wanted to wrestle in stardom. And that's the other thing is the company that you would want her wrestling in really stardom as opposed to New Japan. Like this is it. She's going to end up being the only women's match on a lot of these cards and probably it's going to have to be the main event given the amount that they're paying her for it as well. But I think there's a bit of pressure on with that match. Yeah. I think yeah. there is, I think immediately as a result of this, it didn't feel like some sort of like it, it, it didn't work for me, but it doesn't mean the whole angle or anything else is dead. It's just that, you know, it, it was shit on the night and you can't get away from it. And all the amount of, you know, oh, it's because Kyrie didn't jump up or anything else. It's like, why are you doing that fucking move? It's not it's even like this is anyway. a it's the time shit move anyway. It, it just doesn't matter. It went badly, and that's absolutely it. The promo and, was bad, and yeah, they're gonna have to. And I think, the, the, I mean, like you say, the the you know the real proof is gonna be in the pudding when she 
wrestles. You know, when you know when they, yeah. we get to get to matches, you know, coming at, coming out of this, and we get to the carry match. Um, you know, and it's it's San Jose, isn't it? Um, where it is next month, yeah. which will be big. You know, for those New Japan US shows, that's why she's there. It's part of that. You know, I think they're they're definitely realizing. You know, their expansion into the West went really well to a point, and then they kind of neglected it. Um, you know, as much as we enjoy reeling off those New Japan strong cards on weekend shows, they're not exactly things you're going to go out your way to see this is something you're going to go out your way to see this is going to feel more mm. like those proper new japan us cards you used to get back when it wasn't you know just you know a, a silo us roster doing an odd special that we get every few months where it felt more like a proper new japan show in the west like that's what we're getting out of this isn't it and you know it's just going to be a a real test like you say as far as attendance goes mm-hmm. and as far as like interest goes what you can do for new japan there yeah, and it's it's all big unknowns, but we're going to have them answered. Like, what does she mean to AEW and their women's division? If it oh, she's hundred percent like, Paige's partner now. Like, there's no doubt is that. Yeah, like there's no doubt at all. And, like, and <laughs> of course and she is. The, and that's going to be the big thing. I mean, John mentions there in the chat as well that there there is the lack of proper TV for New Japan World, and I think there's probably a hope from them that her being around the product will help their proper TV. Do these companies use the fact that she's doing outside things and that she has a kind of mainstream presence, whether it be like, because we've got Series 3 of The Mandalorian coming out, and it's how big is her role going to be in that? With Gina Carano not being there, are they going to, you know, going to give her more in terms of in terms of the role? That would be an interesting thing. That's going to have, like, a kind of effect. There's a lot of variables that we're going to have answered that we haven't had where, which is how much of a draw when we look to like the the wrestling, the WWE for horsewomen, yeah, how many of them are actually a draw outside of that system? We're seeing that the first time now. I wonder, like as Chris says, obviously we're recording this Wednesday night. You know, hopefully AEW do you know push this ahead of time. I imagine they will, or they'll be dropping uh, dropping heavy hints. Maybe you know, as uh, I think Ian Pollock say on their show, maybe a, a Mercedes Benz will turn up outside the venue or something like that. Maybe that's uh, they'll go with <laughs> that. But I suppose moving on from that, I mean, we're going to talk the rest of the show. I don't. It's not much to say about the match that led to this, really. <laughs> like like no. we, said, we said, they only got five minutes. It wasn't very Pointless. good. Uh, it was dead in there. Um, you know, and again, when things aren't over, this New Japan card can be uh, extremely quiet. Um, where else do you want to go for the undercard? Um, any, uh, any matches you got particular comments <laughs> on? I suppose uh, we mentioned it earlier because it's also newsworthy with FTR and everything else. I'd like to go mm. to that. I'd like to go to that tag match because. Um, I thought this was a hell of a lot of fun. I love that. Bishumon versus versus FTR. And in fact, I'd say for both tag matches, I think they were arguably like the highlights of the undercard in some ways with the um, with this and the junior tag match, which opened up the show. My highlight was uh, Dax Harwood's boo-boo face. That was my favourite part of the, uh, the match. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <fuming>. well, <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. he was selling his broken ass or whatever the injury is he's got, but... <laughs> He looked like a man who was losing those tag belts. I mean, it wasn't shown in the performance because it was, like you say, it was like a 10-minute sprint, really, wasn't it, as far as a, yeah. a tag match goes? Like, it probably was my favourite match of the undercards now that now that you say it, but <laughs> that man could not look le- less happy. Like, I think those guys might be done with you, Japan. I don't know. <laughs> I think that might be the end. Unless we get yeah, the Aussie I think match in, in the US. Maybe, maybe hope for that. Maybe that'll happen. I think they're done with everyone. Like yeah. I think it's, it's, it's like like other than WWE, like they've lost the AAA oh, belt to, to Dragon Lee. 
Yeah, Max Burnham as many bridges as he can on that fucking podcast. Jesus Christ. Every time he opens yeah. his mouth, you think he's going to say another. <laughs> he's going to say something else that's going to piss Tony Khan off. It's like, it, it's like a cold war happening in front of your eyes. I mean, he's got four months of which he's just like, I'm going to say all the things I'm not going to get to say once I've signed a WWE contract. Yeah, but I can yeah, see that. It was, it, it's one of these things where they're just going to offload now. They don't care about it. Their contracts are running up. They've got unfinished business with WWE they as well. They do, yeah. Yeah, they probably they think they've hit. That. They probably think they've hit the head on a ceiling as far as like you know. Yeah. As he, it's weird now because like the acclaimed. We aren't going to talk about it today, but the acclaimed run doesn't happen if we get young books FTR at all out. Not not at least in the way it has happened. So like that's probably the one. Maybe they were right not to do that match after all. But I think the reason they didn't do that match is because you know the young books are fucking children, and there's been a some kind of like dispute between the two of them. And despite the fact they're supposedly office, they're putting the blocks on, you know, doing that. And really, if you're FTR, you're probably all looking at it and going, "Well, what else can we do?" I mean, I question what they can really do in WWE outside of a match with the Usos, but they're probably yeah looking at it like we've doing everything we can given the current political landscape, given the fact that they are, you know, CM Punk's boys um, and they're going to go down with him. I think they probably are looking in that direction. Yeah, it's felt inevitable that this is the case. But, you know, you see a boo-boo face. We see him a few times. We'll talk about one that feels like on the Noah show as well. You know, it's this, this <laughs> idea one of here tonight from the same not logos. wanting to lose in a predetermined... He didn't want to win like, on this one, Misa. <laughs> No, or at God least no. not if he's not getting the pin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a pit. But, but uh, yeah, there's, mm. uh, uh, but I think, you know, as a match, I thought this was like, say, 10 minute sprint. It was a lot of fun mm. on it as well. I think it was, you know, going to Goto and, and, um, and uh, Yoshihashi is, is definitely, it, it felt more and more inevitable. Like as, as time went on that they were going to be dropping these belts. So, I like them as a team. Um, I, I don't like seeing Goto in push spots, like you know, the last couple of years. Not that it's ever sustained, but you know what I mean when he's like sticking out like a work. sore thumb, third from top in a match you know he's gonna lose. Like no one really wants to see that anymore. But like them two as a team, like couple of like you know heavy set, yeah. hard hitting lads. Like I yeah, I thought that I think I really do like them, and I thought Ooh. as much as the you know the Western. You know, Fanami wants to see Aussie Open versus FTR. They would have got the, you know, the Young Bucks versus Rapongi Vice versus, you know, um, Kylo Riley and Bobby Fish. Yeah, a reaction where, you know, no one would have gave a fuck about what they were doing. Like, having a proper, you know, Japanese team with a couple of mid-level stars, yeah. and it did make the difference. And, yeah, I thought it, uh, it made for a good match. If you're not going to use... I mean, they're the ones who are going to be staying around. And... If you can't use Goto as a singles star, you might get one one of those one last runs of the title type of thing to see if he actually manages to break his duck, and there might be some interest in there. But the way they book their tag division, this feels like the way to go. And I'm assuming we'll get a feud with Aussie Open coming up as well, and probably a feud with with Okan Cobb. And I imagine at some point then we'll end up breaking. Great Okan away from United Empire and everything else. Some at some point around that, I can see that being the case. All the way that stables go, we'll see that breakup happen in about four years' time. What did um, you give it, uh, star rating wise? Just the double okay? So I, I went, I went three and a half on this one. Yeah, I thought it was like the kind of good. I've seen a lot of, you know, New Japan tag team 
title matches at the Dome that have just died a death. And this one didn't. So, and I think that there was a bit more kind of novelty if the result was not, it was always going to be inevitable. Uh, Zack Sabre, Ren Narita, any thoughts on that? Speaking of the, like, these mid-level title matches, I thought that was another fun 10-minute one. I gave that three and a half as well. I went 3.25. I probably had unrealistic expectations over how it was going to go. I was fine with the finish. Mm. I could kind of get that, but it felt like he tapped kind of out of nowhere for someone portraying a hard bastard. Like, he tapped very, very quickly. And I don't know, maybe maybe that was just me. And the blonde hair of Zack. <laughs> yeah, so there's Slim J, another potential title on there as well. It was, yeah, what a it was look. Kind of, yeah, what a look. Um, yeah, oh. European hitman in director DVD film. I, um, I didn't mind it. Though. I thought it was like I like that it was ten minutes. I love the fifteen minute limit for this TV title. Mm. I think it it leads to inevitably good things. Um, not yeah. that you know, not that many matches went over that on there on this undercard. But yeah, I'm happy with Zach going over. I think you know if the building a stable and i think you know if they are going to do the tmdk thing like he should be the out and out leader let's let's make it clear he was saying that on the apron good i'm the leader right i'm the leader he's like yeah good good i like that i think him is you know that's probably a good sign for him you know the leaders of these stables aren't necessarily mid-card acts are they so maybe that's a uh... speak japanese yeah yeah i'd I'd love to see that i I mean it was hard it's hard to say as well because i really I got a big kick out of him calling out Vichy uh, Sunak on his uh, on his intro by paying mm. nurses a living wage. Obviously, there is the pushback of, well, where were you the last two years when there was abuse rife in British wrestling and you lost your phone somewhere across the Atlantic Ocean? Um, <laughs> so it does, you know, it's, we said that at the time, you know, okay, fair enough, he decided not to get involved, but you also can't really take him too seriously when he does his, um, his Stuart Lee act, but, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I still get, get a little bit of a, a kick out of that. He's a great promo, he is, he's, a, he's fantasy, yeah. he's, you know, he's one of our favorite promos and wrestling and you know um yeah i i'm hoping we get more of that as a as a more uh, pushed commodity mm-hmm. yeah and, and and again with ren narita i think there's just an element of it's a natural thing it's a bulking up process isn't it yeah and as liam does mention this i did mention direct to dvd because you know because <laughs> the year is 2005 you know. <laughs> it was one as in well last week uh, I say that with love. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was fun. Not much more to, to say about that, I, I don't think. I think the, yeah, the, the the impending fates of all of the Aksuzuki gun guys is going to be interesting. Taichi's another mm-hmm. one who's blossomed kind of as a, an undercar guy. You'd like to see him get a you know a, a prominent uh, prominent role somewhere, contract dependent. Um, but yeah, that was uh, yeah. that was one. Uh, other big title, mid-level title match, Tamatonga Carl Anderson. Like I say, regretting not getting the Gregs here, JP. I, I will say, you know, as soon as you see Carl Anderson in the T-shirt, your brain immediately goes to, he's not putting a shift in here. But I think he did. I think, like, for the match, the bulk of the match, I think he put the effort in. However, it all fell apart at the finish, didn't it? Like, it's like, yeah. come on, lads. Like, if you're, if you're going to fuck a finish this bad, like, that's the, you know, the, the stun gun finish... Like, I honestly, like, I was saying this on Twitter this morning. Carl Anderson was lying there getting pinned by Tamatonga. You could see him say something to Tamatonga, and I was like, oh, this will be Carl Anderson going, do it again, mate. We'll uh, we'll run that back. We'll make sure we get a, a nice clean finish with you so I can put you over strong. He fucking wasn't, was he? He's probably going, ah, it's fine, mate. Just leave it. And Tamatonga didn't have the nouts to pick him back up and, and do it again. 
you know, uh, I said that about, you know, the long matches. The finish is mostly what you remember out of a match. And I think even that good work on a, you know, coming out of Carl Anderson for the, the nine minutes out of the match, it was all undone by the finish. And it made Tamatonga look like a bit of a dweeb, really, um, for his big babyface Wrestle Kingdom win that should have been a bigger deal. Considering they both do the gun stun as their finishes, you would imagine they both could take bumps off it at various points. And that they trained with each other as well. <laughs> so you'd imagine there'd be all these kind of things for it. But just do it again. Tamatonga like, Tam- yeah, isn't, isn't absolved of blame here. Like, if you're thinking you're going to be a top guy in New Japan, this is mm-hmm. fucking Wrestle Kingdom. This is a top guy moment. Call that audible. Tell Carl Anderson you're kicking out, mate. We're doing it again. Like, you know, don't just fucking mopily take the pinfall. Like, that... I don't know. I mean, I think there's a... Much lower ceiling on Tamatonga than the you know the people who've been held hostage by New Japan the last two years apparently think about him, but you know he's I I, I, I he was an okay underdog babyface here is like a you know mm. a change of pace from what he's always been, but I think the ceiling's low, and I honestly it's not his fault the finish, but I actually think plays into my thoughts on him that he, he's probably never going to be a proper top guy because a proper top guy probably wouldn't allow this to happen. I don't think he'll be there anyway because i think they'll be the log jam i do think he'll get iwgp tile defenses i think they'll get some mileage out of him as like a kind of upper mid-card baby face who has the odd shot uh tile that they'll feel they can do it and possibly do have him you know but it'd be more in japan than it would be anything in the u.s I don't think I'd have the confidence in him to headline shows in the u.s people don't like I just him don't think he in the u.s he's never translated think- it's, it doesn't ever feel like he's translated. He's However, a few English-speaking you know, guys who just never got over with that audience. When I did see the match with Grizz Destiny and Aussie Open, I mean, it was a cracking match. Like I remember, like really, like enjoying it at, um, at Royal Quest. But that, you know, as a singles guy, they, I think it's one of these things where there's that live crowd have got more of an affection than what perhaps us what jaded western fans will ever have that's probably the nice way of saying that but carl anson's gone good good riddance it wasn't weird. i would <laughs> it wasn't weird. yeah not worth it at all. it didn't feel special did it feel like oh this is the big guy in wrestle kingdom he came out in his t-shirt fucking gallows couldn't even be asked making the trip never mind the fancy i was shocked by that people were doing about like make a few quid AJ being in his corner or something. I know AJ's got the broken angle, but you know somebody from the the US side being with him. No one gave a fuck. <laughs> like it was just he was a guy, wasn't he, on the show? Um, didn't mean anything in the end, but I, I get the idea. But yeah, I don't know how much it's done for Tamatonga's stock. Um, yeah, at this point we had Shota Umino, um, Muto, and Tanahashi beating Bushi, Sonata, and Naito again. Fun ten minute match. Um, I do. Th- I mean, my biggest takeaway though is like I'm I'm. You know, absolutely the right call to give show to the pinfall. I would love mm-hmm. to have been party to the conversation where they had to convince Muto to allow that to happen. Um, based on the way he acted after the match and the way he kind of just left, like he did with the Nakamura match, I don't think he was happy that he wasn't the one getting the pinfall here. I don't think he cared much for Shota Umino or he cares much for putting any young guys over. This is is the wrestler who only last year thought he should be Noah champion. Um, <laughs> it was... It was fun for the live crowd. You know, he got one of the biggest reactions of the night. You know, it's one of them. Nostalgia Fest on his, on his many match retirement tour. But mm. yeah, outside the show to get in the pin and him not being happy. I don't have much else to say, JP. No, not really for this. This just felt like it was the kind of, like on the undercard, they had the the old lads tag. 
this just felt like one where it's like, okay, we've got LIJ versus the past, present, and future of New Japan with that. And so it was absolutely right that Umino got that as well. And that Muta was gonna pit was gonna disappear off because he was pissed off because that's what Muta's always I done. I love the Tanahashi. Well, he has done recently. Tanahashi was mm-hmm. like forcing him to like game for the camera and like to, to be to be fair, Nakamura did the same thing, kind of forced him to uh, to engage a little bit more than just go backstage and get a shower. Man's um, dick. He is a like, prick, he, he's, Yeah. <laughs> it's just like one of these things, it's like I almost wish that I'd kind of gotten out of wrestling and just sort of thought, Oh, great Muta, I loved him as a kid and just sort of left the happy memories go um i'm like him in 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 all japan and stuff when he had a like kind of like career of revival there but it was yeah it, it it's just fuck him he's got three yeah, more matches a... it's not even a retirement match you know he's yeah. fucking he'll probably be in the rumble I'm as well convinced. hall of fame in the rumble i honestly yeah. believe that's coming like <laughs> i wouldn't be, be surprised yet. if he turned up in the rumble <laughs> mm. and it'll be like his u.s tour as well and he'll fleece this you get six of them matches to go but it's Sonny Ono it's make a packer out of that. It's quite incredible. All I will say with him is, it's like it's the it's the complete lack of like even acknowledging that he wants to be a like help the future. It's mm. it is, you know, he just doesn't. He's one of them. He doesn't care. He's the anti Tanahashi, no. who's the opposite in every way, if anything, too selfless. Tanahashi's more like, a, like Brian, and he like that behaves like a Cotswold, uh, like a conservative voter in the Cotswolds. Basically, <laughs> it's just like it's about me. It's about now. Fuck you. Fuck your future. I don't care. Fuck my I'm own grandchildren. Far, I, I'm near the end of that. <laughs> yeah, it's about me, and I want money. I want to keep more of the money. That's basically like his attitude, but just in wrestling terms. Brilliant! I love the way though he hasn't got the he hasn't got the political power at this point to to pull those no. you know, to get that Nakamura win. Um, as I said in the chat there, next superstar Shinsuke Nakamura, we'll be getting into that. Um, he hasn't got the power to uh, to get the pinfall. You you kind of love to see it, but um, yeah. Um, let's hope uh, he's he's got the same face on when uh, when Darby gets the pin and uh, and their sex man coming up. But the the other I suppose match at the top end of the card. Uh, yeah, we had the IWGP four way: Hiromu, Masawato, Taiji Shimori, and Al Desperado. Love me a bit of Despi. Enjoyed me a bit of uh, Master Watto in this fight. Was uh, you know they 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 went a long way. You know while going with their predictable lol Hiromu's uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion again route. Watto mm. was presented on a on an even enough level with the other guys. Got a lot mm. of near falls. Think this match was more about that than the uh, than the result. Uh, if you're Hiromo, you're probably feeling a bit like Kashida, and that you know what can I ever do to to get out of this endless loop that I'm in with the uh, with the junior heavyweight title? But I don't know. Hey, maybe he's happy with his uh, with his lot in life at this point. There was a time, remember at the start of the pandemic, it was like he had that run in the New Japan Cup mm. in front of like in front of no fans, and you thought, oh wow, like this is a guy that they're going to do something with. Jesus Christ, like, it, it does feel like going back to this. It's just like, but he's there to basically put someone over in probably two months' time. Like, that'll be pretty much what he does. But it, it, it all, I don't know. I don't like kind of like four ways for junior belts. I think no. it kind of devalues them. I'm not a fan of it. I like the two-star actually- junior guys having a match. You know, make it yeah. the, equi- the junior equivalent of you know the main of the main event. Whether it's Despi and Hiromu again or something, I don't know. I would have preferred hey, that. I would have done, and that's not meant to be a slight. And like you say, there is an improvement from Master Watto. They've kind of 
made it less fucking daft, overtly daft, than mm-hmm. what they did before. But I'm still not ever really going to be convinced. I'd much sooner see a Clark Connors in there, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that would be the kind of thing. But Hiromu, my God, move him into the move him into the main event. Like so move him into the heavyweight division. Because that's that's where he should be. And that's where it is more interesting. And there's nothing else you can do with him in the juniors. There isn't anything else. Because it's not like the Despy feud is the top one of his career. What, do another match with Kushida? Really? I mean, the, the best match of that series, maybe I'm going out on a limit, is the one that went one minute 50 because no fucker saw that coming. <laughs> but like, other than that, like, I don't think I want to sit through a Kushida 25-minute kind of touring night two of the whatever fucking tour in May. Well, he's getting no more matches with Dragon Lee, I can tell you that for sure. That's not happening. Um, (laughs) Now he's been with uh, with WWE. Yeah, I don't see the... I don't think he has. I thought that was a wind-up. No, he has. On AAA's part. He has signed with them. Yep. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I've got that massively (laughs) wrong then, the daily update. Apologies. Oh, right. (laughs) I didn't hear that. As far as I, I know, that's a, a legit story. No, no. Do the beer have uh, oh. announced it as well? Triple H is... Uh, when you, when you see him at the ground holding the WWE scarf, wearing the uh, <laughs> WWE uh, uh, jersey, then at who, that point you can go along with who it. Who was it that uh, the Jimenez was a big fan of? He goes to Wolves. What was it, Sin Cara? Like, I'm sure him and uh, Jimenez are good mates, yeah. aren't they? Like, he could be the next Loves guy. him some Mystico. Yeah. Jimenez. <laughs> Don't sign him in the draft. Why bother? Why bother? Oh. That fucker's off on the way out by the end of January as well. He's on the muter plan. Um, but yeah, I thought that, that was fine. I, I gave that 3.25 stars. But again, people went closer to four and that one who really enjoyed that one. I, it wasn't really for me, but again, maybe uh, speaks to my interest in uh, in the guys and the uh, and the format of the match. But it wasn't like it was Three and a half, but very much like a kind of That's slightly underwhelming three and a half. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that, again, like I say, this was maybe missing that bad big undercard match we saw. <laughs> Liam says, yeah, Sin Cara last seen in Jack's Bar and Grill. <laughs> if you know, you know. I um, suppose <laughs> so the only other match from the main card actually we haven't touched on was the opener, TJP and uh, Akira mm. uh, against Yo and, uh, and the uh, the non-retired Leo Rush. I know Leo Rush retirement jokes are boring now, but I mean, come on, it is still ridiculous. Um, thought this was good. Uh, I like first kind of seeing of uh of yo and, uh, and leo rushes the team thought djp and uh, akira were, were solid as well again another solid three and a half hour three and a half star match uh again clocking at uh at 10 minutes to, uh, to start us off jp i thought that was a, a good way to start the night yeah it was and it was just glad it, I, I was surprised at the finish because i thought leo rush and yo were going to win hmm. but then there has been those kind of rumors about showing showing yo being um like kind of dragon gate wanting to bring them in which would be a fascinating kind of mix for them, particularly for someone like Show, who needs as far away from New Japan booking as he possibly could do. The blood added to it, it looked horrific cut around the eyes. He had two cuts, didn't he, Leo Rush, around his eyes, and there was like a good bit of blood that went, and it was like, Jesus, and it, I'd say, it kind of kind of uh, opened it. And as Simon says it, you know, Leo can't retire because he needs to work, give him the state of Bitcoin. <laughs> Can have a word More with him, I would say. Do you think they work for the same company? She's the CEO, he's the directing manager, agent, or whatever it was his job was, you know? Maybe they're all related. Maybe that's what all this is, all these money gimmicks are. Well, they've, they've all bought into a fucking massive Ponzi scheme <laughs> yeah. in Kong with this crypto. Sorry. There's <laughs> no one who can ever convinced me that this is, any of this is is going to end well. Uh, it, ends, ends up, it ends up with Lance being arrested in, in the West Indies and 100%. some various... You know, tax <laughs> offshore tax haven 
wherever. But anyway, but yeah, back onto this match. What I would say is I think Francisco Akira is someone who definitely deserves a contract. I yeah. want to see him have a run for the junior title. He feels like he's massively improved. I know you saw the match with Gabriel Kidd. Um, they had and about how good he was there. This team really works. I know a lot of people don't like TJP for various kind of like his his political views and all the rest of it. Very legitimate reasons. He's a cunt. <laughs> he's a hundred percent a cunt. Like, yeah. But it, he's very good here, and as that kind of veteran presence in a match like this, it works. It works with with Francisco Akira. I mean, I've heard them describe as catch two too. I was always catch twenty two. I would have thought so too. Like, yeah, I was surprised. The Joseph Heller book. No. Yeah. Uh, Wait for the new faction, the pyramid. Brilliant. Like I would. <laughs> Crypto con men. Uh, just big fans of the Joe Rogan podcast. That's what the the gimmick can be. I was going to ask on that. What What do you think of the commentary all night? I will say I was happy to see um, Gino Gambino back. Gino Gambino. That, I was. That, that felt fresh. That felt like, oh, this is like the new Japan that, you know, we loved a couple of years ago. He was never the best at the job, but he definitely brings a, a levity to the broadcast you need. I thought Don Carlos yeah. was good too. I mean, maybe a bit much in moments because he's Don Carlos, but that was another reminder of, oh, I remember when Don Carlos was the uh, the new Japan commentary and I liked him. You know, I've got my little uh, back and forth with Chris Charlton. Like, I, you know, you know I'm not going to repeat the same total points. I, I think it's a perfectly reasonable position to have that I like him as a translator and I like him as a fat guy. I don't like him shouting over Will Ospreay's entrance with his clearly pre-written, allegedly dramatic call. Uh, again, reminded me a little bit of the uh, the Noah lads mm-hmm. doing that with Nakamura on uh, on, uh, on New Year's. But uh, overall, you know, I think everyone kind of did the job relatively well. And yeah, I think I uh, I wasn't tempted to, to switch over to the Japanese commentary. So I think that's always a, always a good sign, <laughs> JP. I, I I thought Gino Gambino was was very good, and like you say, just brought a real levity because it sometimes be very po faced. Mm. It's Kevin Kelly doing his kind of dramatics along with Chris Charlton doing his dramatics, oh, and everything has Charlton you know, trying to sell like John says here the red shoes thing and trying to sell. Oh, there's been a fight backstage yeah. between Lij and and you know Keno's here, and it's just like you can't sell it. You haven't got the pipes to do that dramatic call. No. That is not your job. Know your role. Know your lane. We're past that point though. Like he's weighing over his head doing what he does, but whatever. He's yeah. good at the things but, he is actually good at. Then Rocky in the main event, hmm. which yeah. I kind of would have preferred him at other points because I enjoy Rocky on commentary because he, just, he actually night. says very little. Hmm. Yeah. So I thought actually it did a it did a good job on commentary for it. And like I say, it was it was about giving people those kind of happier memories of remember this from a previous time of New Japan that you would have liked probably more yeah, than this something current period of of New Japan. Yeah, he did add something to it. <clears throat> and he did make it feel a bit more special. Definitely. So, you know, yeah, he was he, he was kind of fun. Okay. I, I, I have to ask, did you I, we didn't really talk about the women's match per se, just very, very quickly. What did you think of Tam Nakano? Didn't have time to foster a really good opinion, mate. It was a five minute match. Let's throw away. Yeah. It was. It was. No I thoughts. was very, very disappointed in that presentation. I don't mm-hmm. think I made that point earlier on. There's something I'm just sort of desperate to bring in there. It's just like bringing someone who does a cutesy gimmick while being an absolute shit kicker, and then not letting her do really any of the shit kicking stuff, yeah, apart from a vicious kind of screwdriver. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Carrie's Carrie. She's great. Um, yeah. But again, you didn't really see that there. Uh, didn't see that there either. I was going to say on the pre-show, I don't think there's much to say. I regretted getting up early. Uh, Rambo was shit. Uh, the old man, uh, six man was shit. Um, and the, uh, the the young boy three-minute match was... You know, I didn't even know that was happening. I missed that when I woke up. I ended up rewatching yeah. it later. Um, <laughs> three matches we could have all like loved. Uh, sacrifice for sleep. Uh, I suppose three minutes. Can't argue with that. I'm sure his name is Oleg Bolton. That sort of like cool. Oleg Bolton, yeah, right, yeah. Rather than Bolton Oleg, <laughs> um, which sounds like it should be Bolton Oleg's. Sounds like a lot. Sounds the like it should be a conundrum of countdown. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, uh, but he's a unit. Yeah, that's what I would say about him. He's a fucking unit, and he got to throw people about. He's clearly, I don't want to say he's like, he's a prospect. And he's got size and he's got legitimacy that they like. And then they made mention on commentary that they were, there was a couple of like kind of the new set of prospects they want to bring through and bring through quicker as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they rush him through and decide, do they let him learn on the job? Is he that good? Has he got that much of a natural? And I thought for three minutes, he was fine in a match that no doubt he's had loads of times already in the New Japan Dojo. The Ram- Rambo was mainly disappointing because I just don't think they understand why people like it. You don't watch it to see 20 wrestlers who aren't on the card just get a book in. You watch it for the wild. That's where you want your old men thrown in. That's where you want fucking cheeseburger to turn up. You know, it's like it, it had none of yeah. that. It had none of that charm. It was just a shit battle royal with 20 wrestlers you'd rather do other things um, to build up the shit belt. It was uh, it was crap. But oh well, live and learn. Next year I got an extra hour's sleep. But. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Sums it up as far as New Japan goes. Anything we missed, JP? Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I would say Rest it's very much Prince, a step in the right Antonio. direction. Yeah. Sorry, say that again. Rest in peace, sweet Prince Antonio Inaki. I thought you'd want to throw that. Yes. Yeah. He's, well, he's. I'm sure I said that when we when we reported the news on that as well. But I mean, it was a for what they need it to be. I mean, if they, if you really want this to be a one-two punch, the New Year's Dash delivers at least a couple of meaningful angles where it feels like we're getting some sort of new storyline or something different rather than repetition of the same fuse between the same people, which they've done kind of a lot of the times out of necessity because of COVID and because of restrictions. You're feeling that a lot of that isn't there. So there's really no excuse to try and freshen it up. And I think they realize it as well. And you know, looking at the you know the fact that they've got Kenny Omega in, you've got Mercedes Monet in. There's things that you can't argue. They're not chucking the checkbook at it. You yeah. know, they're they're throwing a few quid at this. They're giving it another go as far as the West goes, mm-hmm. and as far as yeah, you know, with the crowds back uh, getting fucked down. And yeah, that was definitely that was a big positive that they've got. You know, and that was a big difference between watching yeah. this and watching the, the bits of the Noah show that I saw. You know, they they, you know, is, is this the thing? Is it like if New Japan got like special dispensation for the for for not doing clock crowds that the other promotions don't? What's the deal right now? Like, what's the... Oh, it's it's a weird set of restrictions mm. that I don't really know. Like, there's, like you mentioned earlier on, there's certain things you can chant, they can't. I mean, mm. you saw it, I think there's just general hesitancy from audiences, like they've been conditioned for a long time. It's going to take them a little while as opposed to, like, say, double or nothing, and they had that as the first match, kind of, with a crowd in, and people just went fucking buck wild, probably, like, in, in terms of like the arena because they were allowed to kind of cut loose. I still sense there's an audience that is kind of timid for it, but when there's good enough wrestling on, they will react to it. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, getting which is into the that thing about wrestling audiences in Japan is they do react to stuff. Unbelievable. Because they're not fucking children. <laughs> there is that. But yeah, getting into that. Um, obviously, yeah, we're going to do clean up on a couple mm. of other things we've been uh, watching over the uh, the Christmas period. Obviously, like I say, we'll save the uh, with Dynamite being tonight, we'll save the big Dynamite to yeah. catch up for, uh, for for Monday. But yeah, um, I'm guessing Noah and Stardom are the big things uh, you've seen from there over the Christmas period, mm. GP. Yeah, no one more so than the Stardom show because the way that it fell was in that busy week of seeing everyone post-Christmas and pre-New Year's. Um, but the Noah show, I mean, you have to say, from a business perspective, it drew like 9,500, which is fascinating in terms of them drawing that kind of a crowd. And I think the person you have to really put it on is Shinsuke Nakamura. It's, I don't think it's great Muta at all. He's been fucking headlining loads of Noah shows Jack to Morris. like 2,000 people. G-Man. I'll give G-Man the credit. Hey. What, a, what a journey that lad's G-Man. had from the depths of taping Brit Res and remember that Tetsujin show we all stood behind him to watch the yeah. show on the monitor? Yeah, they're on his vape, grumpily <laughs> watching it in that hangar in Liverpool where yeah. those nights when people would be stood up and we'd go, well, I'm just going to stand behind his shoulder and watch it on the fucking TV because <laughs> I can't see it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like I, literally, I was booked to wrestle him once. Uh, it didn't happen in the end on a on a random PBW show. Um, it was the night after he'd wrestled Homicide, so I would have marked out for that. That we would have been able to do a, uh, you know, a two degrees of separation from Homicide to, to G Man to me. Um, it didn't happen in the end, but uh, wild that he's like. I think I saw Galato Dan say that about him. That like he's he's like he's presenting these shows with like a Saturday Night Light Entertainment touch, like you know his bright yeah. green suit. <laughs> like, his, like how is yeah. this? How is he the voice of Noah? How is he calling Shinsuke Nakamura coming out to his great music? But if you put him on the, ja- if you put him hosting the Japanese Take Me Out as as oh. like a, a Paddy McGuinness equivalent, then I think he would kind of work. So the, the jacket as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of incredible. It's mm. always like a big double take for it. But do you know what? In fairness, he's good at it. Yeah. What he's asked to do is have a voice to say to do the announcement. It's in English, and he does a really good job at it. That's things on a production level for Noah are I don't know if you think about it. I think they're fucking great. Mm. When you watch some of the like their video packages and the rest, this is up with New Japan. I will always say that with there. There is a presentation of stuff that they can do that is tremendous. It's just a lot of the times you're gonna watch stuff in the ring, like large swathes of the undercard, where you don't need to see it. It's just stuff on there. It's people who they've got in, except the rise of Jack Morris continues. And I saw John in uh, in the chat here, who had who had made the point um, about this. Where once you get past the fact that he does, you you are always reminded of him looking like Drew McIntyre, but just a slightly smaller version, <laughs> and with Dolph Ziggler trunks on. Hmm. Once you get past that, there's someone who you can see for them going right. This is kind of our guy. We've discovered him on like a larger scale, and he's got a good look. And he's perfectly competent in the ring, and he had a perfectly decent match with Timothy Thatcher. I went three stars of it, and now he's tagging with Jake Lee, who seems to have left all Japan to go and wrestle for Noah, which seemed a bit mad. And I think there was a lot of prediction he'd turn up in like New Japan or something like that, and maybe maybe he turned up a New Year's Dash, and I don't know about it. But there's like a bit of a savage like, step, all Japan to Noah in 2023. I guess Noah's. It, well, I'd probably say it's a step up because yeah. you, you worry about all Japan. At times, and how much they like their big shows. I mean, they did a good show for like the kind of anniversary one at mm. the um, at the Budokan. I think it did about five thousand, but this was obviously like kind of a 
a lot bigger and with those bigger kind of production values as well. But yeah, I think, you know, yeah, so that's that's the Jack Morris update. Good to see but, Finn Thatcher back as well. It is. Yeah, he's, yeah, you know, that's he's there, he gets his he booking. Should, I'm glad he's still wrestling. He should like, be in He'd be one. retired if he wasn't, like, yeah. doing this. Like, I've got no doubt about it with Tim Thatcher. This, like, go for it. Indies, he can do other stuff and plenty of other seminars. But really, it's all about, like, the kind of top two matches yeah. as much as anything. You know, the, the tag match with Kenta and Marafuji teaming up again, which was okay, but it was far too long. And him and Marafuji aren't what they were. But that's the ones where you kind of, you know, the crowd were most into it. With the, And I have to say, I thought the GHC heavyweight title match, I thought was a cracker between Kaito Kiyomiya and Keno. I, I enjoyed that. You would. Particularly. Uh, okay. <laughs> did you not like it? Nah, that Falcon Arrow looked <laughs> fucking terrifying. Uh, yeah, we've done the Noah conversation. Fine. Yeah. It was fine. It was fine. Good hard hit and match, good near falls. I don't know. I'm not invested. Like I just oh, four point three five. If you one. guys have been 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 bare too many times, like you know, it's just <laughs> like do you really believe that? Are they are they the top guys in Noah now? Like, it was this not the the the, the final fucking you know insult that they still can't go on last? <laughs> that Lisa no. still has to go on last. Oh, I'm not saying it was the wrong choice, but like you know, they will never they will never to me be legitimate top guys in this company. They are always afterthoughts. Yeah, and that's very much how they were because, and you have to. I, I would put the house on Nakamura. That the, the house was drawn by Nakamura and him coming back, back in, and that's the thing you speak about. Is in terms of you remember that you know I've called him a, a notorious dosser. Dare I say it? For one night, he turned up. Now that might be the best outfit we see of him in 2023, and he was basically done by 10 o'clock Japan time. Yeah. So now that that's all his hard into work. Yeah. Oh, you talk about but, like star entrance, like like you know, oh. said, said about Omega and Osprey, like this Nakamura entrance, like coming out in like the 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 white cloak and you know the the guy playing the violin and the you know the music as a whole and the the crowd reaction to him, like this, it was like going back in time. I'm actually shocked that Yu Japan didn't find a way while he was in the country to get him involved in some way with Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I'm also surprised we didn't get the uh, the old uh, Nakamura and Yu Japan theme for it, but. Um, I say that with uh, as much as I, I still very much uh, enjoy. It always makes reference to WWE superstar. Yeah, which they also did with Carl oh, Anderson on the commentary. Not made, just WWE superstar, next superstar. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was never high on the people will say we're just sour grapes over the WH Park stuff. Like I never liked these guys on commentary. I was always the one who was like, they're just two English voices, and you're all overrating them uh, because they're English voices. They're f- they're okay, but they often get in the way. And I'm sorry, but you're covering a wrestling product and you don't know that NXT is pronounced NXT. I mean, like, come on. Like, come on. Like, you're supposed to be a commentator here, but anywho. Well, it's WWE uh, wouldn't be happy about that. Most yeah. Of They'd be the ones that would be kind of bothered by it. But, I mean, they had Lee England they, as the, the violinist back again, and it was great for that as mm. well. And, and the crowd, you know... Yeah, it was funny when, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura couldn't get his hood off <laughs> on the entrance. Ah, he covered for there. it well. He covered for it well. And it I felt big, though. It was, he... it was all, if to me, yeah. it was this was smoke and mirrors. This was like, yeah. okay, Nakamura turned it on, 
but it was all the charisma of the two of them. It was the two entrances. It was the nonsense around the mist, which unfortunately is what led to the uh, the shitty comments from uh, from Yada mm -hmm. and Keiji Muto after the match. Keiji Muto, as the commentary might say. But uh, I thought the uh, you know the, the smoke and mirrors worked. If you know it was driven by charisma, Muta didn't. He looked fine in this. He looked as good as I've seen him in a while. Um, I agree with Simon. I think the commentary overall was shite. You know, I think they, they also kind of blew the finish. The Canadian by... bloke wasn't as bad <laughs> but when I thought, he seemed to say stuff. Didn't you think the, but, wasn't he the MMA fighter? I can't remember his name. Yeah. Like, I thought, but didn't I no you think, didn't you think they blew the finish by having, like, by referencing, oh, he's trying to suck the mist out of Muta's mouth. It's like, I don't, don't need to tell me that. Let it happen before it happens. Um, yeah. I don't know. They just felt it in the way. Um, and I like having well, English voices well, on this stuff, but I don't know. I, they were the same on the entrance, though. Like, I don't know which which of the two of them it was. I think it was Fulton. Um, just trying to, again, like Chris Jarlton, is pre-prepared, written down, dramatic... Release the Kraken. Release screaming the Kraken. call about Nakamura getting in the ring. It was just, let the moment breathe, mate. Come on. People aren't here to see you. They're here to see Nakamura. Shut the fuck up. Mm. Um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of them, but I thought the match did this job. Three and a half, and that's a high rating for a great music match in 2023. Yeah, I went 3.25. Because I was quietly impressed with the amount that Nakamura put in, and they had to do the smoke and mirrors of going to the outside, as K as a great Muta couldn't find anything under the rings at various points, and they're talking about him being so ultra violent. It's like he can barely move, lads. Like you know, it's it's really like kind of that's where the implausibility is there for me. But I would agree with you for not letting stuff breathe. Just being that bit quiet and not feeling the need to try and tell us how we need to feel on all of, on all of these matches. But I thought Nakamura did as good a job as you could do, I think, given the circumstances. And clearly being back in Japan, being the main event star, he was a bit more motivated to do it. Now, that's in done for the year. That much I would say. And I'm saying this on record, time of, time, day of recording, January fourth. <laughs> that's I'm, the beach. I'd be shocked. Off to the beach now. That's my work is done. But it shows you that there is an inherent value to him. It, you know, you can get him in there. That he can be that kind of draw. The reaction of Muta just running up the aisle. Where what you would have imagined would have happened is he loses the match. He stands there in the ring. He gives a big kind of you know speech about how much he's loved being great. Muta takes off the mask, puts it down. And then leaves the ring or something along those. Nah, he was he was an assault. So he's like, I'm gonna run to the back basically and say something homophobic. You know, just be a dick. Like, and that's and that's what he and that's fundamentally what he is. And what I say, he's you know, if it turns out he was from I don't know, Chipping Norton in, in Oxfordshire, I wouldn't be that surprised because he seems to have very much that kind of similar fucking mentality about that, things that was the thing that was kind of like sold to me before I saw the match I saw people being like oh you know it was such an emotional moment at the end you could see how much it meant to them but they're fucking nothing to me it was just like nothing fuck this I lost I'm leaving and it was like Nakamura did his best to make a moment out of it stuff and there were some nice pictures of them and stuff and again he ruined it by being Yadar and oh. you know throwing the, the homophobic um, slurring and no he did not say uh, Polly no uh, the 60 year old Japanese right. man great is not a is not an 
Al, I am afraid. Um, yeah, he's got the same views your dad did that uh, when you saw him if at you, Christmas dinner this year. If you're shocked, he's an If you're thinking that, fuck me, I've got some magic beans. I saw to more than one person say at. that, not picking on anyone, but fucking hell. Like, My he was just God. being fucking homophobic and shitty. And, yeah, he know. was being, yeah. I'm sure, you know, I've added, the story's already died a death, so, you know, what, what can you really say? You know, it's fucking, you know, we've all got relatives like that, and it's, uh, you know, I'm sure we all spent time with them over Christmas that we didn't want to. Yep. What are you going to fucking do? Uh, Horrible but, reminder of that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, yeah, it, it, you know, Nakamura made it a moment, so, yeah, I did I did enjoy that, so I was glad I, uh, I, glad I tuned in for it. But, yeah, any other comments on that, or is there anything else you watched from uh, from Japan over the, uh, the New Year period? Well, I would like to... The only thing I've seen of um, Dream Queendom, hmm. which was the uh, show that Stardom had, their big show of the year, which is actually at the end of 2022, and it's going into the main event, which I'd mentioned this on the Grappies Award when I said Julia of Wrestler of the Year. Well, you know, this was... This was like the kind of big crowning moment. It's her versus Shuri. It's the feud that's kind of gone on ever since that Shuri's won the title. It's felt like we were building to this moment. She won the five-star Grand Prix. They had a... This is the other good thing about Stardom is their main events are half an hour time limits, and this went like 29.30. I thought it was good. Part of the thing was they worked at such a pace that they were very knackered, so it felt like... There were the kind of slips and botches, but at times you're kind of all right with them because it feeds into the bigger story of they're exhausted, so they can't hit their normal offense in the way that you would expect. It was just kind of inevitable to me for what was going to happen for it. I mean, I went 4.25, like a very good match for what it is. It's, are we going to be getting... There was obviously no mention of Mercedes Monet, although I think as part of the deal, her doing a starter match is there. Now... That's the kind of, if you're doing a stardom match, you would imagine what are the dream matches that she would want before she inevitably ends up working in the States. Well, Julia would be one of the ones on the top of the list. And Shuri looks kind of broken down, like in terms of lots of tape around her as well. And I would say, you know... Julia but, always uh, comes across as such a massive star whenever I see yeah. her. Like, it's the entrance, it's the look, it's the way she carries herself, the promo, you know, in yeah. the post-match to this. She is, yeah, that's... That feels like a go-to as far as if you're, yeah. if, you're, if you're kind of looking at matches. And you're thinking of all the people that Western companies would want to sign up. Mm. That She ticks so many of those boxes outside of kind of English language promo, mm. which I don't know they're about. They mentioned that she was born in London, but I couldn't tell you how... Um, yeah, I was like, that weird, yeah? Where? When? What's the what's her back? I don't yeah. understand her background. I think her mum's Italian. Mm. I think her dad's Japanese. I, 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 I'm not entirely sure. I've not asked her personally about it. But it it, it, it feels like, you know, and they drew like 3,000, just about under 3,700, which is good for, uh, you know, for what they did, what they draw for the year. They're that Japanese company that shows that kind of consistent growth. Um, but I thought it was a match. It didn't hit those other kind of standards that we had seen, but it was still, I have to say this, still like a very good match. Fair enough. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Anything else you watched? Nothing? That it? Not the, that no. Like nice I, say, I, did, I did want to, it is, isn't it? I did want to watch um, the uh, Noche de Campeones show of triple a you're talking around. about that on the daily updates <laughs> i think you just yeah. want to watch that to laugh at it <laughs> i do well i put on the beginning yeah. and in fairness what did i see i saw vikingo holding the staff of bloody the you know the 
comes out with Antonia Pena's face yeah. and Dorian Roldan. She was at one urn. I don't know who who'd she picked this time. Brother, husband, brother, <laughs> husband. Who can tell? It's a tough call. Never know. She was there. She was waving to the crowd. Lad there with a pint behind her. Probably think, what the fuck is that? Like, oh, it's her again. You see the thing with, she, with Vikingo? She travels around with the urns yeah. all the time. She's like Paul Bearer. <laughs> it's got to be like, yeah, it's not the nicest, you know, it's not the greatest personality trait, is it? It's the, it's the creepy woman always dressed in black with a couple of urns. It's like, you know. Yeah. You know, you know. But like, I, I saw that a Vikingo did GCW, didn't he, last week? And Triple A, you know, those those forward thinkers told, told GCW they couldn't show it on the stream. So like, it's just like the stream went black for 20 minutes because dare any you know we can't, we can't have people actually seeing the bloke wrestle like i hope if he does end up in AEW, they could they come up with uh with some kind of deal or, or that's looking a bit ropey especially with you know the dragon lee stuff and leading into a possible wwe relationship going forward are you on the wind up again about this wwe no it really happened like triple h is the party yeah 100 dragon oh, right. so this has actually happened okay yeah. all right it's There's weird that it got announced the triple a believe the story it's weird it's it very weird they won the belts from ftr in mindralistico then immediately vacated them and then cut a promo with the ftr stickers still on the belt that appeared on wwe.com um that yeah they've uh, announced uh, that he's uh, that he is going there he's going to be the next Rey mysterio mate as has every masked wrestler wwe have signed in the last 10 years inevitably to only go back to Rey mysterio again um, but you know yeah, he appeared on Dynamite once and they snapped him up. That's the state of the situation right now. That's, uh, that's yeah, they exactly. did an angle where his mask torn off by his brother, which yep. they'll never mention again. Yep, um, for that. that's, that's apparently he was supposed to work the ROH pay per view, but the uh, WWE deal was uh, was uh, was pretty much nah. set then at that point. I mean, I can get why because in New Japan he's pigeonholed very much as a junior, mm. even though he clearly has a bit more physique about him. AEW's completely lost in the shuffle. There's a spot for him as luchador it's whether or not can he take that like this the potential has always been there and he is very young and he's not like he's not like roosh he's not like the other brother who's just like i'm having the fucking night off and a row (laughs) he'll he'll play out he'll play a bit like he you know he'll 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 do some stuff um you know he'll he'll go along with it so that's an interesting move for that there's a part of me like again like when i see him there like i when I see him on WWE TV, does he go to NXT? Does he go main roster? NXT apparently first, yeah. Um, no, he is NXT yeah. first. Okay. Yeah. There we go. But yeah, um, that's kind of that really. I haven't watched WWE TV myself really over the uh, over the Christmas period. John Cena turned up, popped the rating. That was fun. That's all I've, uh, I've really seen. He wrestled uh, for like two minutes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Insurance oh, men with a bold spot that you could see from fucking space. Like, I mean, I feel of all people, John Cena can afford to get that sorted out. Uh, he didn't look great, but uh, maybe they'll get him back. Maybe they'll do the uh, the Cody Dream match that uh, that I'm after. They're all in a holding pattern until Cody comes back anyway. And yeah, I was going to say on the AW front, yeah, we'll be uh, be catching up with that uh, that mm-hmm. next week. Obviously, yeah, Dynamite at time of recording is uh, is tonight uh, from Seattle. Brian Danielson getting his dream match against Tony Nese um, is on the show. Ooh. But uh, on top of that. Rick- <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho is uh, is on the show. Samoa Joe Darby Allen, the rematch uh, is on the show as well, and uh, a rematch of a match that might turn up on one of our uh, dealers' choices coming up of uh, Swerve Strickland and AR Fox. One of the uh, I'll make you watch that one point JP. I'll, t- I'll tie you down and watch the uh, the Lucha Underground equivalent of Dante Fox. And, Fucking uh, great and kill shot. Yeah, oh, have you seen it? Oh, well, we have. Maybe we've talked. I've about seen it. Maybe it's Matty who hasn't seen it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think the Dynamite match is going to be as good, but we'll review that no. next week. We'll. Uh, 
We'll let you all know, but yeah. They swerve is interesting, even if I don't know who though that other bloke they brought in is at all. Yeah, Sam asked the depressing question here: Jericho or Cena? Who's the uh, who's got the bald spot? Who's got the most uh, distracting Cena's. bald spot? Yeah, they could see that. I definitely say Cena's. <laughs> Jericho's. I'm used to it. I kind of. I'd be disappointed if he didn't have one. Mm. <laughs> Defo. Um but yeah on that note uh, yeah weekend show uh, coming up this weekend JP like I yep. say uh, we're going to have the, uh, the mixtape uh, slash deep cut I think it's going to be for, for Spike Dudley with Carl Raw Month 1 AW Year in Review Rumble Patrons Poll all of that good stuff coming up this month other than that JP that's it for us for another show we'll look back to you again soon bye But you still ain't calling I left myself, my pager, and my home phone at the bottom I sent two letters back in autumn You must not have got them There probably was a problem at the post office or something Sometimes I scribble addresses too sloppy when I jot them